bandage his ribs. Prepare for a fight to the death. I only wish I was still a member of the Obsidian Order. It's either a self-sealing stem bolt or a reverse ratcheting router. I'm just not sure. Oh, God help us all. Do not play games with me. What about Garrick? Yes, that's right. We are back after our long hiatus here on Deep Space Nine at Nine-ish. I'm your host, as always, Jeff at Nine-ish. Joined by my brother Dave at Nine-ish. Dave Mater, how are you? I'm well, Jeff. Do not play games with me. And um, what's, what is, uh, show a little respect to the head of the Cardassian government. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that, we, we get into a lot of that here with the whole... Julian is a changeling finally revealed in these two episodes. We're doing two episodes tonight here. Season 5, episode 14 and 15. They're kind of a, a linked episodes. But we're also joined here by Kevin Millard. Uh, uh, Kevin, are you ready to talk about the changeling Bashir? And he was here all along. Uh, I don't. Well, at least four weeks. I said That's... more. A little over a month, Jeff. <laughs> was kind of the consensus there. It was... Not maybe as far back as you had hoped, right? Right from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> right from the right from season one, it was always changed like this year. <laughs> uh, so four weeks. Are you telling me I've been hanging around with a changeling for over a month, and you never even suspected it wasn't me? No. no. The worst part is the clues were right oh, in front there. of me. What clues? Well, for one thing, it was a lot easier to get along with. I love that. Oh, yeah. Okay, but, so the the uh, the first episode here in Purgatory Shadow is I'm just gonna put it out here right now the lesser of the two episodes. My Inferno's Light for me is a much stronger episode. Um, why like, do you why do you think that? I just find that the second episode the plot moves more. I enjoy watching like the wharf, um, you know, stuff in the where he's doing the. Um, you know the the combat stuff. I enjoyed the the stuff with um, uh, Garrick. Uh, uh, I enjoyed the the station having to figure out what's going on. I don't know. I just like the second episode much better. The first episode, the the kind of the big thing is at the end where um, Bashir is the reveal with Bashir kind of happens. But everything up into that is just kind of getting the characters in their situations. You know. Hmm. See, I've always I've always think I've enjoyed the first episode a little bit more because it's it is build up but it's um it's i think in particular because it's the wharf and garrick of it all uh in the first mm-hmm. hour or the first episode um i think that you know they're obviously still together in the second one but they're kind of on different paths in the second part where you know he's trying to get the comm system garrick's trying to get the comm system going wharf is in his like prison fight club with the Jemadar, yeah. um and kind of with martok mostly and it's more bashir and real Bashir and, and Garrick in the second hour. But the first part of it with, um, with, with Worf and, uh, and Garrick, I really like, I like that. We don't, because we don't find out it's changing Bashir until the end of the episode ourselves. Right. right? So, right. but there's no, on the rewatch, you know, you obviously know, and uh, it's kind of interesting just seeing that all play out. I'd also like a second, just Jeff, let's not forget Derek Garth. Who, who's Derek Garth? He was a grip who worked on the show. He died on the. He died in a car accident a couple weeks before the episode. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. So just want to remember him. Okay. Uh, I have lots um, of screenshots. If you want to ever see anything, if you want to hear anything, 
I get it all. Okay, well, yeah, all right. In this first episode, there is a lot of Garrick and Zial, and then Dax and Worf kind of, you know, that's kind of a lot of, like, their personal lives that's kind of going on. We get these conversations with Garrick and Zial. Don't forget the opener with Odo and Kira. God, God, yes. See, this is why I don't like this episode as much. Kevin, (laughs) help me out on this one. The the opening here with uh, Kira and Odo. Good, bad, ugly. What do you say? It's 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 good it's it's the it's the forgettable part of these two episodes um i I like it though i like uh that uh odo is looking for a mate and he's she's embarrassed him by finding these books that he that he's been reading was it like vulcan love slave number five or something and she's like odo oh getting into the dirty romance novels and he's like listen (laughs) Uh, because they're kind of dealing with the aftermath that he's uh, not a changeling anymore, which feels like a long time ago since we watched that episode yeah. where he got that back. But it, for them, it's not been that long, and um, it's like within the four weeks at least, right? And uh, and yeah, he's of course, you I, know, I'm glad this episode doesn't revolve around this or they bring it back up again at all. Like they do the next episode, yeah, I believe. Yeah, where... they just they just like stuck it in here at the beginning, but the episode really has nothing to do nothing to do with it. with Odo at all. Uh, and and Kira has it's more with Kira and Ducat, so it's interesting that they included it here in the beginning of this two parter. Um, it's kind of yeah. a misdirect in some ways. I think it kind of goes to like I don't feel like these two characters really had that much chemistry, especially at the beginning. Like they kind of it kind of worked once they got together, but. Like they, it really doesn't happen until that holodeck episode where he thinks, you know, it's a fake Kira and everything. Like, but everything before that just feels really forced and stilted between the two characters, and um, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with Odo. Like, he just is coming off now. He's a changing again. He thought he was gonna be, you know, stuck to the confine, you know, of a, you know human urges and all these things, and be a solid. Know, be a solid uh, and now he doesn't need that anymore that's kind of what they're just wrapping up that kind of idea but at the same time they're like oh he still likes her and that's you know they're just reminding you of that i think yeah, yeah it's just it's i, I guess it, the, as they were continuing this like through line of like you know these characters have ongoing storylines obviously odo and kira is an ongoing st- storyline and they're yeah. like we're just gonna stick this in at the beginning and then we're gonna call these two up to ops sort of like as a transition here where they get the cardassian code Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're trying to figure out, right? And so they're they're called in because they they're more experts on Cardassian codes than Cisco and Dax are, I guess. And right. they're looking through all that, and um, they're they're not able to crack it. And then you know Odo's the one who suggests, well, what about Garrick? And we had, I don't think we what was the last time we even saw Garrick? The one where I guess it was the dream, right? That we had uh, mm-hmm. the, the one um, what was that called? Uh, where they the. It's been a while, like real things past. Uh, things past, yes. Yeah, remember that where you know it was him and Dax and Cisco, oh, uh, right, Garrick, right. right? They were all in like that flashback scene, right? But we haven't really seen Garrick since then. Um, and that's when we got a transition over here to change thing Bashir and Zial having coffee. So, did, can can changelings eat if they want to? Yes, I guess. I mean, Odo does that that thing with the cup remember when he was like yeah. i can refill my cup and have the illusion of joining the or enjoying the dining experience with everyone 
Right. So he's, maybe he's he's doing an illusion, or maybe like uh, more sophisticated changelings can actually operate a, a functional digestive system. And maybe uh, right because if you if you scanned Bashir, changeling Bashir, you would just read a human, right? That's what's explained. Yeah, that that they become the thing that that they are because even the they do like even the computers is like where he asks if Bashir is still on the station, right? Or where yeah. his last. I mean, well, yeah, because it thinks it. The computer even thinks it's Bashir yeah, as well. Right. So it's that good. But like Garrick shows up here, and I just love. He's like, "Yeah, the code's nothing." You should have seen the looks on their faces when I explained to them that it was a five-year-old planetary survey report. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah, he's like, "Let Cisco know. I'll decrypt any uh, laundry uh, old Cardassian laundry list." He's like, "Yeah, that's that's the look on their faces." He's like, uh, "What was that? A planetary survey report?" And uh, yeah, and they shouldn't really trust Garrick, you know, but they're kind of trusting him because they can't break it on their own. And they just they kind of trust him too much, I think, in that moment or whatever, because they I think they should suspect that it is something. Well, but, Bashir, but Changeling Bashir knows he's he's bullshitting. Exactly. Yeah. Changing Bashir, you rewatch on this episodes. You can really see before we know it, changing Bashir. He is um, pushing certain characters, especially Worf and Garrick into that trap. You know, so that they right. go go yeah. find an Auburn Tain because he knows and what it, Tain is. And then it com it comes to this whole idea: Did the founders even want Garrick and Worf to get captured and also escape? Like the the, the eventual outcome of this of this two parter, like because um, that comes up more in the Section Thirty One stuff that comes up later with Bashir and Sloan, and there's some doubt cast there. But because was what was Bashir turned by the Dominion or not is one of the theories that Section Thirty One has about him, right? Right. Uh, that he's even though he's the real Bashir, he's kind of a, uh, maybe a sleeper agent or some kind of uh, sympathizer to the Dominion, um, you know. But you know, uh, Garrick Andrew Robinson in this episode so good. They write him so well. They give him such great lines. I have dresses to make, trousers to mend. It's a full life, if a trifle banal. <laughs> it's a full life if a trifle banal. And he's like, see ya. That's what he. That's how he leaves a room. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Then, oh yeah, the Cole Cardassian like touching hands. Uh, I guess this is what boyfriend and girlfriends do. I guess I don't ever see the Cardass other Cardassians do. I've this. never seen that before. I think it's just kind of like a saying hello. It's like a handshake. Yeah, that's what I think it is. It's it's more like hey, how's it going, kind of thing. And they just yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I never see. I, I don't I think it's a love the, thing. I never saw Garrick and Tane do that. No, I don't. It seems like friends, like friends would do that type of thing. That's my that was my interpretation of it. Um, but and most Cardassians are not friends with each other. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. But most Cardassians, unless they're family, and even then, it's kind of tenuous. Um, but what, what do you think of make of this scene where it's Bashir and Garrick on the runabout, and but it's changing Bashir, and Garrick's not able to suspect at all that he's not the real Bashir. Nobody is. Like he, nobody he, is. They all think it's him. Yeah, and like, and like, there's a you know the conversation. He goes, "Oh, you've actually become a lot more duplicitous," and like, you you know, he's like, "I had a good teacher," which he does use his past well to kind of obfuscate. But Garrick should have been smart enough to know that Bashir ain't that smart. You, you become know? distrustful and suspicious. It suits you. And like, I just think like Garrick being like the, you know, the secret spy that he was, it would have been cool for him to have kind of at least suspected it. 
you know right uh, but he doesn't you know so th- th- that's how impressive the changings are i guess is what w- w- what they wanted to do but it well, is Mar- the, the martok changeling before this too right was the other kind of key one but Mar- we didn't really we never met the real martok until now until right. this two-parter because it was always the changeling martok uh from the beginning of season four so here we are like a season and a half later and we finally get jg hertzler finally gets to play the real martok later on it would well. be a grave dishonor. It was a grave and the dishonor. and the second episode he steals the show in the second episode. I, I oh yeah, I think like he amazing. makes a huge impact. And they were like, we we need to find, like we killed the changeling guy at the beginning of the season. Why not bring the <laughs> the actor back as the real guy? It's kind of we'll just tear his eye off or whatever, and uh, that will be that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but Bashir pulls him in. The, the real Bashir maybe would have gone on this adventure with him, right? That Garrick was about to go off into the Gamma Quadrant, he was gonna steal the runabout. Mm-hmm. But Changeling Possibly, Bashir yeah. brings him in. I don't know what the real what the real Bashir would have done or not done. I don't think it would have been the same as the Changeling Bashir. I guess there's no way to know. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how they kind of you know he's like, yeah, the, the code I told you was was bullshit. Actually, is real. It's from a Navrantain all that right and he's like i have to you know get them and there's other there's other people like there might be other alpha quadrant types who are captured we have to try to save them so cisco kind of agrees to this but and, and even changeling bashir is like no you can't let him go so i don't know i don't know what what changeling bashir was really going for here unless he's trying to do you know reverse psychology and you know, he knows how Cisco works, and he's like, the more I push against it, the more he's going to do it, or whatever, you know. Um, That's why but- I like this first hour, especially on the rewatch, because it's so interesting to try, because we never get the point of view from Changeling Bashir, right? Like, it, he's revealed at the end of this episode, at the first episode, and in the second episode, he's just kind of going around and kind of got smirks on his face. But you right. never, like, other than he hates solids, I guess, you can infer from him being a founder. Um, yeah, there's never a conversation with him yeah. about his philosophies. I think that was a mistake um, because I think it would have given the James and Bashir a little bit more of a dynamic. Uh, like this know. plot was to wipe out the entire solar system with a supernova, right? So th- yeah. they were get, they were going to kill billions of people. Oh yeah, yeah. It, this was going to be like a, a massive wipeout, and of the fleets and of, of the D Space Nine as well, and everything else. So like, the, the, this was like I don't even know how this wasn't an act of war. I don't even know how war wasn't declared immediately after this. Like, That's why I think it would have been really good had they had like Garrick snuff it out, but it was before he, they like you know like he didn't get a chance to warn anybody or something like that. Like I think right. that would have been kind of a cool idea because. It would have been good to have a scene with the changing Bashir. Something, so j- just maybe one one thing where we got a little bit of his real personality. But the best we ever get is him kind of looking fishy at people or smirking at people. Like maybe they contact, even if they had just contacted the Yukon in the last episode first. Yeah, and talked. Yeah, they, that could have been some space for him to to do that do that yeah okay uh what do you guys make of the dax and wharf of it all where dax is basically holding his klingon operas hostage oh yeah my klingon operas yeah i love i love her little rant here at the beginning it's so good it she delivers it so well she's like i don't know what makes me more bad that you i you agreed to go on to a, a mission to the gabber quadrant with garrick or that I- that i had to hear it from cisco that's right jedzia uh, you know, and he's like a Klingon warrior. A Klingon warrior does not have to explain why he chooses to face danger, not even to his parmakai. Yeah, don't, I don't have to tell you shit. 
Jet I Jeff. love that he says that while he's sharpening his blade. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what do you think? I would make uh, a scene? So in other words, you were afraid I'd make a scene, that I'd embarrass you, maybe even cry. Yeah, he's just like, you are capable. You are capable of anything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he's basically like married to Amber Heard. Like it's like how he goes about his life. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, nope, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't gonna do any of that. So he's like, and then you came to wish me a good death in battle. No, give me the Klingon operas. My Klingon operas. My Klingon yeah, operas. she she pulls him out of the drawer here, and, and she, she's like, you want these is, back? You you better come back. Yeah, I love this scene. I love this part of the episode too. It's a, it's a very quick scene, but um, it's some great uh, another great scene with these two characters, which I it, you know I love. It is a good scene, but you know th this is kind of my my deal with Dax. It's like the only thing she, I find she does really well are these scenes with Worf a lot of the time. Like the, these scenes with Worf and her scenes with Cisco. A lot of the time, Dax is not really bringing it as far as a, as being a science officer, as being like like a Star Trek character in a lot of ways. That's kind of my my. Yeah, I, I agree in some ways. It sometimes it's just how she's written, and sometimes at yeah. this point in the show, I feel like the writers were having a much easier time, especially when they were putting in with Worf and with Cisco, of course. But I also with Kira. Like later on, she has that whole thing, like you know, uh, Kira Yoshi doesn't recognize his own fingers if he's right. smiling at you. It's probably gas. Like like so so when they when they give her good stuff, but I think um per, like as the station's science officer. She doesn't they, do a whole hell of a lot. She no. doesn't seem to do a whole lot of sciencing. She's more of a pilot, um, it seems like, or yeah. kind of just a member of the ops crew. Um, but yeah, it's kind of eh for me. Uh, I think they made a mistake making her a, a green color. I think they should have probably made her, um, you know, yellow or red. You know, because I think she just seems not very yeah, not really into science. <laughs> you know, she's into war. She's into war. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, then we get the Gold Ducat shows up on the station. And well, he's for, very yeah, well, well, yeah, right. it's Garrick and Zial up on the upper level quarks here. Having, yes. You know, she's like, I like you and don't go on this mission and everything. He's like, you're, you, um, what does he say? Like, basically, like, she's like, I, why I, do you like me? Or like, why do you hang out with me? It's like, and he explains, I've been exiled. You're the only person around here that reminds me of my home. Like, he's, you got, you know, which makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, and you know he they, he's holding her hands, and this is where Goldicott shows up, ready to kill. You know he's a uh, angry angry dad here. Take your hands off her. Touch my daughter again, I'll kill you. Yeah, <laughs> Garrick's just like you're helping my back, man. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, he yeah. you know, he's no, he says an even better line. He's like, "Go ahead, throw me off. She'll never forgive you." You know, <laughs> that's yeah, what he that's says. So to <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like messing with them. I love how how much they hate each other. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Sam, Sam's happy to have us back. We're back for D Space Nine and Nine. Sam, we're glad yep. you're happy too. Glad you're um, happy. Yeah, it just like everything here with with Quark showing up, and he's just like, I'll oh, act as I please, Ferengi. <laughs> uh, you know, what is, what is, I got the other one here from Garrick. Public opinion seems to be running against you. <laughs> Yes. public opinion seems to be running against you and then he lets him up and uh and then you know you do have a lovely daughter she must take after her mother yeah he's just great <laughs> that's a great insult <laughs> that's what it really is 
yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, I'll buy Garrick you a drink. Has all those one-liners. I'll buy yeah. you a drink, Garrick from Quark. Here is like Quark's not in this in these two in this two-parter very much at all, but he has a couple scenes that stand out um, in each one, and he even does the whole like goodbye here with Zial right in front of Ducat just to put some salt in the wound. <laughs> if, if, if just to remind ourselves, Ducat's father was killed by Garrick, like was. Um, was ex like, was basically broken by the uh, by the obsidian order on Tane's orders, um, and so Ducat maybe understandably so holds a grudge for that against Garrick, you know. So right, he's just uh, but she's like so happy to see you, Dad. Thanks for not <laughs> killing my boyfriend. Um, you know, it's, are they boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> well, they they touch hands. I don't know. Isn't Garrick gay? He's pan, I think. Okay. Um, so I don't know. He never really says. Okay. But what do you, what do you make of the Worf and Garrick and great talk about the scene first? The Worf and Cisco here, where you yeah. know he's just like, what, oh, about yeah. what about Garrick? At the first sign of betrayal, I will kill him, but I promise to return the body intact. Intact. Like he's he was like, like I, love that, I love that. I love that last part. Like it's funny when he's, but then when he just says, "But I will bring the body back." Like, yeah, okay. I prob. That's my promise. <laughs> and doesn't Cisco say? Uh, is, I assume you know, that's that, a joke. I assume that's a we joke. Will see. Yeah. We will see. Uh, we will see. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> remember, remember, uh, that one way or another. If I, yeah, he's like, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I, like, I, I like. Remember, like, Garrick and Worf had that fight on the Defiant when Garrick tried to commit genocide, and you yes. know, before he got yeah. the six months for that. Uh, so they have kind, of, they have some history together here, and yeah, you, know, you just see there's kind of this look here as Worf's going into the airlock, and then we go to commercial, come back, and then here we are, the the odd couple on the road trip together, <laughs> Garrick and Worf, which I love, and he's like, uh, you want me to sponsor your application to Starfleet Academy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's so amazing. Like it's just like, what do you think? Huh? Is that good? <laughs> we just find we. He's like, find somebody else. He's like, come on. Starfleet Academy is a very um... Starfleet Academy is a very accepting place. I think it is a bad idea. You know, he's like, you're not just a. He's like, come on, Cardassian. Are you being racist against Cardassians? He's like, look, look, you're a, you're a, a saboteur, uh, you're, a, you're a spy, you're a murderer, whatever, assassin. Uh, he goes, look. I know I've done some unfortunate things in the past, and I regret them. <laughs> he wants to start his career as a commander, and he's like, you should put that in your letter. Tell them you'd be honored to serve under me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'd be honored. My favorite was this because at the uh, at the very end where he had, where he says like I um, I'm looking for redemption. I'm looking for a fresh start, a way to make up for all the damage I've done. I need to prove to myself that I can be better than I am. But I need your help, your support to start me on my way to redemption. Uh, just the way he says to redemption. It's like the one part he has like hard get it out because he's like, yeah. I guess that's what I'm supposed to say here that would convince him. Because he again, this whole scene's about Garrick just practicing the art of lying, right? Yeah. Uh, he's like, nope, I don't want to go to Starfleet Academy at all. Um, it's just know, messing with him. Yeah, you know, lying's yeah. a skill like any other. Because lying is a skill like any other, and if you want to maintain a level of excellence, you have to practice constantly. <laughs> so, just like I like that. It's a quick scene just for. Garrick to get under Worf's skin right from the get, you know, like quick uh, way after Worf was just like, I might bring, I'll bring his body back. That's all I'm guaranteed you. Like, <laughs> I might kill him. Might not. 
Who said? Who said? Uh, then we get the whole Ducat and Kira of it, Jeff. Yeah, which is all about, you know, how dare you let my daughter talk to Garrick? And, you know, it's very, you know, de- you know uh, domineering father, you know, basically ridiculing the the you know the principal of the station you know it's very much like yeah. how dare you and it's, she's and like Kira's just something. not having any of it she's yeah. like I, I'm not here because of you fuck you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm here because I want her here <laughs> I'm surprised she even sits down to have a cup of joe with him like I always well find... she was already sitting down to be fair she didn't but I always find these like scenes baffling because like you know Kira hates Dukat like there's very little like it's nothing but animosity basically and to be fair and, this is the point the relationship was probably at its best well yeah, right because it's about to get worse next it's episode. about to get really bad it's about to get bad again <laughs> yeah. yeah but like i think like ducat she's at least willing to like tolerate ducat a little bit you know um Right. And, you know, she's like, if this is about me taking her to this temple, he's like, I'm not talking about exposing her to your backward superstitions. (laughs) (laughs) Just some of the lines that he delivers. Like, this is really well read. And she's like, well, he's like, you know, that Garrick is a uh, heartless, cold blooded killer or whatever. Where's that? I got that here. Um, uh, You know, here. The man is a heartless, cold blooded killer. Like I said, he's a Cardassian. Right, so that's a jab right back at him, you know, at the same time. And Dukat's worse than Garrick at the end of the day, you know, and he's got to prove it next episode. Right, you know? but that's kind of like, I uh, like talk about when the show was airing, Dukat was the more popular of the two, of Dukat and Garrick. Garrick Even kinda, at this point? Oh, yeah. I think that this did a lot to change that. But um, I think, like, Dukat was considered more of this anti-hero, and, and Garrick was just, like, a spy, a backstabber, you know, like, not to be trusted. Who knows what he's about, right? But, like, that, I think that was kind of the feeling here. Um, but uh, Dukat's like, you've betrayed me. You've betrayed me, and I promise I won't forget it. <laughs> right. You know, she's not impressed. Um, and There was a time when Bajorans took Cardassian threats very seriously. So, not anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. So, and she kind of has this look on, as as he walks away, like oh, maybe I've messed up here, or I don't know. She, I don't know what her feel. What we're supposed to read off her face from the end of this conversation because she clearly doesn't give a damn about Dukat. She cares about Zial, right. and she acknowledges that Zial is is his daughter. So I think that you know, but it's almost like she's this. It's almost like she's um, stepping in here for the late mother of Zial, you know, who was Bajoran. Who she never knew, but you know, like it's like she's gonna kind of deal with the abusive ex, uh, sort of thing, the co parenting well, of it all. The whole episode where they find ZL, it's both Dukat and Kira, so they're both responsible kind of for bringing her back. And Dukat wanted to kill her, you know, so Kira kind of saved her in that way, uh, as well. So, like, yeah, I could see all those things make sense as far as responsibility. The fact, I guess, yeah, maybe this scene is kind of representative of like when a divorce happens and you have to deal with the other partner. <laughs> you know, you know, that's what I, mean? what I got vibes off of it for. Yeah. Um, you know, where you got you, you, you know, I mean, I like this person, but you're kind of both responsible for the, the child of it all. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, okay. Uh, moving to the next scene, we have Garrick and Worf again, and they're you know going through the Gamma Quadrant, and um, 
Derek's pissed about the replicators. Yeah, uh, he, he they, wants they, to have a conversation with this Earl Grey fellow. Yeah, he's like, who's he, who? I would like to tell him a little thing about making tea. Um, and Worf's like, we got to turn around. It's, it's too dangerous, you know. And Garrett just goats him into this. Yeah, uh, Garrett just thing. plays him like like nothing. Like <laughs> he's like, what the warriors of the Federation? That you know, Garrett just gaslighting him. And Worf's like, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, even though my orders were to go no further, I should turn around here. Well, that um, that is Worf's fault. We see it in like back to back scenes with him, one with Dax, and then one with Garrick, that he can be manipulated quite easily because Klingons, at the end of the day, have these stupid, rigid rules about dumb things about honor and duty and being a warrior and all these things. And if you just like poke and prod and twist that, you can pretty much get them to do what you want. And Garrick is smart enough to know that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's like, we can just go through this nebula. Come on, no, no problem. Which ends up not working out for them very. Not well. working out great. Yeah. Yeah. But I love when he's he's you know ta- when Garrick starts talking about honor and he's like, you don't know what that means. He's and like, Garrick is nope. just like, yeah, but you do. You do. <laughs> I, I I completely admit I don't know what the hell uh, it means, but you do. So let's let's go. You know. So just this look here. He's like, this guy. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. But anyway, they head in, Jeff. Yes, they do. They head in, and it does, you know they go through some turbulence, and they make it through. They make it through the other side, um, and there's Geminar ships there, lots of them. lots of them, and uh, it doesn't go well. They get put into a tractor beam, and then the Geminar basically beam onto their runabout. Uh, like, like they're trying to get away here too. When because Garrick's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you're here," and they just fucking. Hit him. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Ah, are we glad to see you? Could one of you point us in the direction of the wormhole? <laughs> <laughs> this guy just bashes his face in. We never see what happens with the wharf, uh, but I imagine uh, something similar. And then it just cuts away, and you're like, "Uh oh." Back to the station. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's like that's the stuff that the lines they give um, Andrew Robinson that really shine on the rewatch. Yeah. You're just like, that's the best, you know. He's like, um, oh, he delivers them so well too. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he knows it won't work. No, he knows he's not going to charm his ge- the Jemadar out of this, but he still goes for it. <laughs> but he, it, not only does he go for it, I think he he knows it's not going to work. I think he likes getting his say in. Like he just likes get. He's like, I got a good line for this moment, and he just <laughs> well, yeah, everybody got beat it. up by the Klingons in the tailor shop. He's like, yes, but I got many tr- uh, uh, insults, <laughs> yeah. and let's we'll clearly many, go to their many cutting blows, cutting yeah, blows that will hurt their, their ego. <laughs> Exactly. For many years, to cause long-term psychological damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, so, like all that stuff's great. Um, then we also okay. So after that, we're back on the station, and we get the whole scene you alluded to earlier, Dave, about um, you know Kira y- Yoshi. Uh, you know, hearing her uh, Kira's voice, and there's a connection there, and Dax doesn't buy it. You know, it's all in her head. You know, she, she's a baby. Nerys, you don't know what you're talking Every about. Every time I walk into the room, he smiles. It's probably gas. Thanks. You always know just the right thing to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah she, she is a little bit of a downer. I mean, uh, does it hurt? Yeah, it doesn't hurt to go, oh, yeah, she probably does recognize you. And, you know, you, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, she's a realist. <laughs> yeah, she's a little pessimistic on those things. Because, yeah. uh, like, oh, they, uh, Kira tells a bride, he's like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he <laughs> really has a kid and probably does, probably knows this is nonsense, but he's like, yeah. Oh, my boy, he liked he saw you, did he? Oh, yeah, yeah. and then it quickly turns dark as they're like, Uh oh, we're getting a, a transmission from the Gamma Quadrant, it's coming from Worf, and it's like, uh, uh, Dominion, or it's like Jem'Hadar imminent, uh, like invasion or something like that. It's like the three words that come through from the message, uh, and then the you know, it's Cisco, Cisco, he's like, Uh oh. Yeah, he knows he knows something's wrong because the whole the whole setup here with you know them having to go to the Gamma Quadrant to find Tane and it just now there's Jemadar, just everything feels like it's building towards something bad. And Cisco, I think, kind of knows it. Uh so but there's not a lot of Cisco in these episodes, you know, especially in the first more in the second episode, I think, because it's more him and Ducat. They have a couple key conversations. Yeah. Um, but he's let I feel he's less present in this than like in The Way of the Warrior, for instance, or some other things where he's more of uh more of a commanding presence, right? Um, you know, because there's there, I guess there's there's more there's a lot a lot of the characters get a lot to do in this, right? Yeah. Like so we're we're bouncing around, we're over here to the ast the asteroid prison now. And um this this place I thought was a really cool just setting because it's we're only like into the first episode here and they're already there, right? And this is pretty much they'll spend the entire second episode, at least some most of these characters, right? Yeah, they make it about halfway into the episode, they're on this prison asteroid floating thing in the gamma quadrant which is pretty cool yeah you're right because they, they really build a good set here and you really get to know the layout and kind of understand the prison which i think was key for the next episode feels like a real place um, right like it really yeah. has like a personality um you know you get to know like there's like only a few characters there's jem hadar first guy and then there's the vorda that shows up later and then some of the other prisoners but you know it feels uh, yeah grounded um yeah that's no, good um there's also this... like, I, I gotta take yeah. him back in one piece buddy you can almost see like the rubber well, on that the... jemadar's arm like twisting there though um oh yeah yeah um there's also the scene before though that we missed it's dukat basically trying to warn zial to get off the station basically come with me now this isn't safe does he know before he ever comes onto the station that the, the whole plan but it's, it, it comes right this? after this yeah it's we didn't miss it. it it just comes out it comes out so when he's it. talking to kira before he knows, oh, he knows. what's gonna happen he knows all this is yeah. coming he said he said we negotiated this a week ago or we, yeah. we finalized the a deal week ago week okay ago. i missed i missed that part right okay, yeah so uh so yeah he knows he, like he's he's playing both sides at the moment right he's he's given this i don't know i guess just I, i'm trying to think about what is ducat's angle here because why does he come to the station here what he's still on his klingon bird of prey um he's know, there to get his daughter that, he's there that that, 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 that yeah it makes sense it makes sense if you just like he's there to get Zial to convince her to come to, back to cardassia um and that's it that's the only real purpose he has and he that. has to get her to come back to cardassia because bajor is gonna get wiped out right right he knows about that part too you know i don't know i, I don't think he masterminded it he's just privy to it he's privy you know? to it he, he knows there's going to be a big event that's going to basically make cardassia the most powerful in his mind in the alpha quadrant because the federation is going to be out of the way and the, the dominion Klingon. and the cardassians are going to team up at the klingons and it, you know all that stuff's going to happen so yeah 
so I, yeah, he he's definitely privy to all of that. Um, we also get the the we we forgot to mention Kira went into the Gavin Quadrant with the Defiant. And she comes back and Cisco wants to know what's going on. She says oh. trouble. She just says yes. trouble. <laughs> what you, what'd you find, Which Major? Means... Trouble. <laughs> Bar- Barney Rubble. Trouble. <laughs> I, I, I thought, okay. The other thing I found curious sometimes because Akira gets quite a bit of like defiant commanding in this mm-hmm. uh, two parter. Uh, I don't know if that's because Worf's not there or, uh, you know, um, but, you know, she, again, she's like, she gets it over Dax. Quick, yeah. She gets it over Dax. She's a Bajoran officer. She is his first officer on the station, but like the fact that she's commanding the defiant sometimes sticks out to me a little bit um, because she's not a Starfleet officer. Um, but on the other hand, to Paul, neither was to Paul on Enterprise or whatever, and so it's it's it seems it's not unprecedented. But um, yeah, that just that they give her quite a lot of agency here. They kind of they put Worf on this other path, as they'll continue to do for the next like yeah. two and a half seasons, where Worf is off and off with Martok, right, and not really involved with the, Defi- the Defiant as much uh, going forward. I think this is no, the we point don't see Worf in command very often. After this, yeah, or bef- yeah. like before this, yes, like in season four and the first part of season five, there was more of that with him and the Defiant. I don't know if I ever see him back in that chair again after this. Uh, I do think chair. this is the mistake, Dave. Like when when it happens in the next episode, but like when you know Bajor signs the treaty with the Dominion, that is the moment I think Kira should have resigned the Bajoran militia and should have signed up with Just the Federation, joined up, and then yeah. Yeah, like I feel like you know that I feel like they didn't do that because they wanted some good guy characters on the station. Well, they know? wanted her and Ducat, and, right? Because at the end of the Lodo. season, they, they'll she, they will take the station from them, right? Yeah, right, right. You know? So, and, but the, that's the thing is, I think that that's when they should have spent the uniform change, and it would have made more. I, made more sense to me but she wouldn't her and odo couldn't have stayed behind if they had done that right um right right that's what they wanted to do you know so so i think that's why they never i just i never understood when they finally do put her in the starfleet uniform in season seven and then they just take her out of it for the very like last minutes of the finale i'm like what yeah because she's been in that uniform the whole show and that's why you know so but i guess anyway that's Uh, that's not good enough reason anyway but uh, back to the back right. to the, the penal colony. As, uh, back to the penal colony. Okay, so we, yeah, we we see the general Martok. That's that whole thing's revealed here, where he's fighting one of the Jemadar guys, and it's not going well for Martok. Frederick's getting, Frederick's <laughs> getting beat up. Uh, I don't even know how Worf knew it was General Martok from so far away, and only seen him get his ass whooped by a Jemadar, but he knew it was him for some reason. Um, and you know he. The no, I think he, might have been the kid. But he didn't. He had two eyes when he was last seen on Kronos. Um, yeah, so how did he lose die in these fights? Yeah, in these yeah. fights, he said he's he's like the first uh, the guy that like he'll fight Worf will fight at the end. Did this? I must have sucked for the actor. Like you know, to basically have to look at one eye all the time and you know, yeah, wonder, have that I, prosthetic I, I, never, eye. I wonder if he's ever talked about that. Yeah, but basically, he was like a one-eyed man for the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, under a bunch of makeup as well. Oh yeah, yeah. He would have had to like have that over his eye all the time. Um, okay, so then we move on over to uh, Garrick and Tane, and there's something wrong with Tane. Yeah, Here. like there's yeah. some Paul Dooley. Martok says he was convinced you would come. 
you know. Yeah, I I, I like I like some of these scenes. I like how he's like Cardassians. They're clever people, man. They figured out how to turn this life support system into a transmitter. Who the hell would have figured that out? <laughs> you know, like there's some mutual respect here, which is nice because the Cardassians are going to become kind of the villains, like not all Cardassians, but the Cardassian state is going to become kind of Ducat and the fact that he's running it. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to become yeah, the bad sure. guys a little bit, right? Because we see all these Cardassians get to leave the camp, you know, in the middle of this because they're Dominion citizens now. Um, so too bad for Nabrantain. He didn't make it too, he didn't make it that far. Uh, and, you know, uh, Nabrantain should have died in that episode where, you know, he betrayed, or he was trying to. Uh, well, why do you, you think know, they brought him? They, they brought him back just to admit, like, oh, yeah, he was your father. And there was this weird relationship. It's, it's a lot of character development for Garrick, was, I think, is what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. And it was a reason for Garrick to want to go to the Gamma Quadrant. Right. You know, but I'm ultimately I'm really glad he dies here. Yeah. They're like, we're yes. bringing you back, but you're going to be dead super quick. He's like, I thought I already was dead. All right. Good. You know, so. Uh, and then Ducat, Ducat in the boardroom as they're kind of talking about the situation. Um, I and I this is the oh, scene yeah. where where Cisco mentions the recent Borg attack, so we can infer that first contact has now just happened. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Even though it, it, so that's where we are. This, this aired um, sometime after that. This aired in like February of '97, whereas the movie came out in November of '96. So this is like four months later. Uh, but at that time, D Space Nine was still wearing the old uniforms. So there we're kind of like the, the timelines are sort of getting synced up now. And Worf obviously survives first contact, like the movie the movie first contact. Uh right. so you know, I guess it's it even puts more stakes on him, right? That you know, he might not make it out of this. He might die. <laughs> yeah, they, they have to be Worf, careful but... with that. You're right. And they're setting up the big Dominion War here too. So like this is really the start of it, right? Yeah, this you know? is this is the start of a new show. Like, this is Garrick's going to be in this a lot more. Ducat, you, we're going to get uh, Martok, Martok, oh, yeah. and uh, Wayun. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, this is like almost a new cast. It, it really That's becomes right. uh, its own show from here on out because. Uh, everything before was very episodic. It was like, okay, we got the O'Brien story, and then we got a Kira story. You know, we, you know, the odd Dax story where you know we're using the Defiant to go to Trill, and like all these, like you know, it was kind of very cookie cutter. Now they, they, they really turn the show on its head. And like there's some stakes and a real threat coming, right? Like they, right. they got it. Yeah. a real issue here because the, the the Dominion were set up all the way back in season two, right? Yes, and I do feel like they had to wait. I feel like for the Borg thing to happen because like the, the movie, because they needed to get Worf and they like, everything was planned out that way. I think, you know, so I think I'm glad this episode mentions that because it makes a lot of sense um, for why everything kind of took a little while for them to get to this point. Right. And what do you think about the whole plot here? They're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to collapse the wormhole. That's going to be our thing. And Kira's not really down with it, but he's like, well, it's either we collapse the wormhole or you guys are going to get invaded by Jem'Hadar. How, wh which one do you want to do, Major? <laughs> you know, he's like, the prophets, they're going to figure out how to talk to you. Why couldn't the prophets just have done what they did like two seasons later and just zapped all those Jem'Hadar ships away? Like, the prophets work in mysterious ways. Right. So right. they're I mean, fickle. They, they, yeah. Non linear beings. Um, yeah. Uh, during the boardroom meeting, did they know the 
what the Cardassians are doing yet? No. No, because like, Dukat no, walks in. Because Dukat's there. And, Dukat's uh, in the meeting, yeah. Yeah, and he, and Cisco says like he's here because we need a, we need help Demidar we need ships or a Dominion no a Dominion attack affects Cardassia just as much as the rest of us right because the, the, if they attack us they're right onto Cardassia and then yeah you know. yeah who got him that drink did he bring it's that a, with him I didn't rip. see him carry it into the room with him it's, um, it's fitting for his power race ending. <laughs> It's yeah, the same color. but they're like basically we're not only going to collapse the wormhole is like kind of a final solution here, but we're also going to uh, leave Garrick and um, and, and more from the Gamma Quadrant casualties of war. <laughs> yeah, what? Too bad, right? Um, That's right. And and uh, and and they're like, well, what happens if the Dominion does come? Oh, God help us all. God help us all, says Cisco. So like I'm surprised Dax like she's upset but like I you she should be kind of like a little bit more like I don't know like like I knew this was gonna happen or like kind of like that that kind of a thing but she I guess she has to be professional and it's like a it's it's a very militaristic meeting but yeah Dax yeah like she kind of just says what about Worf and then like they're like okay <laughs> you know casualties of war Casual. Jeff and she's <laughs> yeah. like all right well Worf I think that when someone says Worf Worf will get it. Don't worry. He'll understand. Right. But she's just kind of like looks at him and goes, all right, okay, dismissed. You know, like, yeah. you know, which doesn't seem, I feel like she should have been more pissed off. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. all. Um, anyway, then we get the big reveal here of the Bashir reveal here in yeah. the camp. They bring him in to they're the. Like, oh, they're releasing the him and they're like, oh, who? Our friend. And then he shows up, Jeff. In the old uniform, just to help us really date things. <laughs> that is why, Dave. See, that proves my theory. What? He's wearing the old uniform. Your theory didn't need proving. It wasn't a theory. It was when, already when established. Start, when did they start wearing the new uniform? Like about a month before this. Right, but like, okay, what episode? What's started, the first, ep the what first, was the first episode, episode they, uh, with the was... new uniform? It was Rapture, which was episode 10. This is episode 14. So, so it has to be before episode 10. Correct. So but not much, but not much before it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's left up to interpretation. The episode before Rapture is the ascent, <laughs> which is the one where that's Quark and Odo going up the mountain together. There's right? no way it was Changeling Bashir that went to Ryza. No, there's no fucking way. No way. There was no way it was, it was changing Bashir in uh, Trials and Tribulations. No, <laughs> no, not a chance. No, like the, the, the changing Bashir would have been so bored by the whole going back in time to deal with Kirk and all this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, whatever. Um, okay. Uh, then we get, but changing Bashir is he's nice enough to bring a sandwich to O'Brien and Dax. I think, well, they did the blood screenings here first with, like, you right. know, we uh, don't have blood, we also learned quickly um, in this. But then there he is, Jeff. Now we now, now we know in that gray top uniform, it's changing this year. Look at that I think he's looked like this the whole season. <laughs> that <laughs> face. Yeah. Anyway, and he gets to play. Uh, he gets to play both uh, from here on, which is really I find interesting to watch uh, Alexander Sadig uh, kind of deal that. 
right? Sadiq's so. awesome. Like he he's I he's one of my favorite people to watch on this show because he's such a good actor, but he, his character, especially like the real Bashir, is so lame sometimes. And you're like, especially oh. early on, yeah, yeah, especially early on. And but he gets so much better once he gets into like the Section Thirty One stuff, and like they give him this, and they they give him some really good stuff where you're like, okay, he gets to show off his chops. Yeah, um, for sure. And then he, there he is. Look at that charm. <laughs> oh, where is it? Uh, I, I know he brought them a sandwich. I thought I took a picture of the sandwich. It's like I think it's PB and J's. It looked like it looked like I don't know. I thought I had a picture of that sandwich. Sorry, guys. Failed you, but this is kind of what he, how, he, how he holds it out at least. Yeah, and then um, Jeff, the next, the next, like, again, we get another Ducat. I think there's too many Ducat and Zial scenes sometimes, but there's um, a lot. On looking back at this, like I'm like again, he's trying to convince her. But we again, we this is like it, it makes the whole reveal, the whole turn on Ducat, which doesn't happen until the beginning of the next episode, right? Um, so he's like, things are going to change on Cardassia, and he, she's like, what things? What change? Yeah. We're going to be even less accepting of Bajorans. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be even worse than ever. <laughs> Get ready, but I'll be in charge, so it will be okay. Yeah, maybe yeah. as long as you're not around my family. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's it's kind of uh, complicated. But anyway, Listen but he, to me, Zial. It's the way he talks to her. Every every like sentence yeah. is just so condescending and demeaning to her. It's like, what do you expect her to do? You know, like he's like she's like I'm not one of your soldiers. She's like, no, you're my daughter, which is even more. I guess in maybe in Cardassian culture, that's even more of a precedent right or more more of a uh, like a dominant thing um but yeah and he kind of disowns her and walks away he's like you're not my daughter anymore you made your choice let, the, let you be damned for garrick stay here and be damned <laughs> stay here and be damned with the rest of them is what he kind of says and he walks off like yeah. um the, like the I, I watched this thing on netflix uh it's like all about like the polygamy cult or whatever the um yeah yeah i was starting to watch that too Right. And it's all about like, you know, basically sub uh, subjugating women to like keep sweet and basically obey and pray and follow the men. It's like a complete cult. Right. Yeah, and I when I watch these scenes with Ducat, I'm like, he's very much the same. Like he's, very, you know, it's it's this iron fist obey me type attitude. And but he still comes across as charming. And it's kind of like the cults do, too. Like they 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 that's how it works you know and i feel like the Cardassians especially hit like the militaristic kind of like attitude that he has towards um controlling his family and his military and everything is very much very cult-like you know so but he wants love too he's kind of very complicated oh yeah he doesn't want love he wants to be admired he wants to be adored yeah yeah which um, you know again you know kind of falls in that line so he's kind of like this religious figure in a way which is i think kind of fitting for how they end his character you should see uh, the monument they're erecting in my honor at the yeah. gateway to the imperial plaza exactly um okay so we also so we go back to the prisons uh and we have Martok here and Tane's dying and yeah we get the whole scene here with Garrick and you know uh, Bashir is there but he says are you alone he says yes and then you get the whole I'm not your father no you are father don't lie you know you get he's like whole, he's like yeah I'm alone but Bashir's there but don't forget that Breen is also there in the, the background sleeping uh, I so do he, like the uh, all your enemies are dead like he's checking to make sure <laughs> 
before he dies that all of his enemies are gone. Yeah, he's like that guy. He's like years ago. Took yeah. care of it. He's like, <laughs> took care of it years ago. Yeah, yeah all the wrong Miller ambassador. He's, he's gone. gone. Gonzo <laughs> doesn't matter. It's almost like it's like, it's like almost like two mobsters talking, right? Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes, that's a good good way to put it. That they're a lot more yeah um mafioso type idea that they live by code and it's more secretive and you know it's the life you know they, they're living the life and yeah you know uh yeah so like both cardassians you know garrick and tane and uh and ducat but they're very different you know in a way uh as far as the way they go about um NZL, for that matter. Yeah, NZL. uh, uh, Control and power and living their life the way they want to. Um, Okay, so then an an Abertane dies here, right? (laughs) Here he goes. That's him alive? This is him dead. 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 (laughs) Live dead. Dead. Nice Um, work, Dave. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Um, I um, thought the, I thought the scene with him and Garrick Garrick and Tane is good. It's it, it holds yeah. up to this day. It holds up, and uh, Andrew Robinson kind of carries it. Um, but it, it works because you're like, oh, that's okay. That's why he cares so much about this Tane guy. It doesn't make any sense. He has he, a lot more context to it, and like the fact that Bashir's there and gets to hear it all, I think is important. Um, and you know, it, it, like it's it's important for their relationship and dynamic moving forward. I think too. Well, yeah, I think uh, and that Garrick wanted him to hear it. Right. Like, yeah, I guess it's like he trusts Bashir, the real. Right. Now that he knows this is the real Bashir, especially I think um, that there's like, he, like Garrick doesn't trust many people. No, and for, no. he's willing to extend that to Bashir. Uh, back on back in ops. Uh, yes, they're preparing to collapse the wormhole, but there's that work. shifty saboteur, changeling Bashir, you know, and. Uh, he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. I've totally rigged everything. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they go for it. And then uh, Sparks. Sparks. Bashir. I mean, uh, O'Brien's okay. Other people, maybe not. Um, they're okay for now. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, not, the, the, not only did it not collapse the wormhole, nothing could, nothing could ever collapse it now. We made it 10 times <laughs> stronger. I'm like, it had the exact opposite effect of what they were trying to do. Um, and then here come the locusts. They're, they'll destroy Bajor, Jeff. Why do they need... Okay, that's the whole thing here. Why did they need the runabout to do it? You know, if they could... They could have just, like, sent a bunch of ships and, you know, sac- they don't care about th- th- preserving their lives. They're, they're all about sacrifice to Geminar. They could have accomplished this whole Bajoran sun exploding supernova thing with just the Geminar ships. They didn't yeah you know. they could have sent like five of them at Bajor at the yeah. sun. I the guess sun. maybe they thought that the Federation would stop them. They had to do it uh sneaky. Yeah sneaky yeah I guess they, they felt like they had to do it sneaky. They couldn't they there's uh, Constable Odo's security protocols too right. hard to get well, around. Yeah, every, yeah I <laughs> we know. all know that that's bullshit. Because this would have killed Odo. <laughs> this Odo Odo also would have been killed in this, right? Yes, yes, yes. Which it, uh, no changelings ever harmed another, except in, unless it's a, they uh, know. Hey. Though, do they know at this point that he's the changeling still? Yes, because changeling Bashir knows, and uh, oh, I guess right, right. But would changeling and Bashir have died in this too? Yes. Was, 
so he was willing to sacrifice himself. So I guess from that logic, well, Odo's just another sacrifice in in saving in in, in their minds and saving the Dominion and saving the founders from these evil Alpha Quadrant solids or whatever. So right here they come. Uh, and it's, it's scary, it's, man. You felt like this threat real. was real. Yeah, but none of that is real. They're all holograms. No, no, those are real ships. No, I thought at the end of the second episode, you find out that was this is all bullshit. No, no, no this, th- th- these ships are real. Okay, and, but where do they go? To Cardassia. Cardassia. To Cardassia. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this is the, the the end of the first episode to be continued. Uh, and then we you know we we uh, we pick up exactly from there. Um, you know. Last time on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and now the conclusion. Here we go. Now we're in the second part. Uh, they're getting ready to fight. They're get you know, curious to the defiant. Everyone get ready, stay in formation. Uh, Ducat's got his bird of prey. They're all going into this fight here. It's like you thought we were gonna get this amazing battle, underdog battle with the station, and just a couple runabouts. Um, and uh, the defiant and Ducat's bird of prey. We're gonna go into this battle here, and you're like, there's no way they're gonna do this. But I was getting excited here, and then all of a sudden, um, they're oh, like, yeah. O'Brien's like, no, they're going to Cardassia, man. Like they, they, they're turning, uh, they're turning and going the other way. Um, and Ducat uh, then joins the fleet, and then this whole conversation here, uh, where I'm not attacking the Dominion fleet, I'm joining it. Yeah, she's yeah. like, what the I, hell? I love here though. She's like, she has strict orders not to fire except under. Cisco's uh, orders, but then right. as soon as she finds out that Ducat has betrayed them, she's like, "Fucking kill him!" <laughs> Dax is like, "Sorry, too slow on the controls." Uh, but just he just like he he not only does he betray them, but he he it's like this amazing. It's almost like a wrestler heel turn monologue yeah. oh, yeah. where he's going here, you know, and he's like, "Cardassia has agreed to become part of the Dominion," you know, and just the. You and I on the same side. It never seemed quite right, did it? You know, she's like, blow them up, see you later. And Dax likes the story. See, like, like the way he talks to Ducat, like, where he's like, Cardassia decided. It's like, Cardassia didn't decide shit. Like, you did it. You were having the secret. How did he pull this off? Here's the real question. is How does, how does Ducat pull this off? He, uh, he, he convinces the high-ups in Cardassia that you know, because they're all about being strong. Like he, they mentioned yeah. this all throughout the show that Cardassia feels like they're like, uh, you know, fourth on the totem pole, even in their like area of the Alpha Quadrant, and they want mm-hmm. to be a more dominating force throughout the Alpha Quadrant. Right. You know, and the only way they can do that is with the Dominion's help. But they were anti-Dominion. They had joined with the Romulans to attack the Dominion, right? Yes. All you know, obviously the Dominion was not, a, you know, where the founder in the in the last season was like, "You're dead, Cardassians dead. We're gonna kill you all. Don't worry." And and Dukat completely turns that around for them somehow. He, he was disgraced. He was running some bird of prey. Like he wasn't even like important on Cardassia anymore. Um, and he goes from being sort of this nobody washout disgraced guy. To being that this guy who brokers this deal becomes the new head of the Cardassian um, government. Um, I think there's a lot of analogies to like a Hitler. Like, you know, he kind of comes out of nowhere here and kind of seizes power and uses like other armies and other um, ideas to kind of take that, 
you know, basically like with Hitler, same thing. It was like make Germany strong again. It's the same thing with Cardassia. We are weak, and we when we should be strong. He says that throughout the show, right. you know. So it's it's a lot of those same motifs I find with with Dukat. Cardassia um, will be made whole. Yeah, they're getting uh, they're getting it back. And like, yeah, and the thing is, like, he doesn't care about pe- relationships or people other than his daughter. For some reason, it's the only person he seems to actually care about as a person. But he's got like eight other kids. Mm-hmm. And he mentions this one son who had a birthday. And, you know, and though, if his daughter disappoints him in any way, she can be damned. Yeah, you can be <laughs> damned with the rest of them. I can make more kids. Don't worry, and I will. I I almost killed you when I first met you. Don't you remember? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when I just barely didn't kill you. It was such a it was such a noble act. Why is she even man? yeah, like has a conversation with this guy? I don't yeah. know. She's so cheery with him, right? Yeah. Um you know, anyway, but back in the camp, uh, you know, hey, that Breen woke up. He's chilling. <laughs> Well, literally, uh, they like it cold. Yeah, they got the, yeah, that the, brings the hero of the episode. Yeah, yeah, he ends up being the guy that saves the day. Don't turn your back on a brain. So he's like, he's like this background character that we don't think me- means anything until the exact right moment. I always thought, like, when I first watched this episode, I was like, oh, the brain's going to be somebody in disguise, or right, you know, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> Why don't they have any blood? I think they're like kind of like insects. Things. No, I thought they were like wolves, wolves or something. Are they really? Oh god! Is that like you look at that mask? Like they have a big snout, right? Anyway, yeah, you never, you never get the answer to that question. But if they were wolves, they would have blood. They would have, yeah. That's what I was like. Why don't they have blood? And I feel like uh, they're insects of some kind. Yeah, we never see one without their suit on. But um, like that whole thing where you know, when they found Zial the first time and Kira and Ducat like took those suits off those other Breen, we never yeah. got to see see yeah. that, but presumably they did. Um, anyway. The Breen are cool. Like I, they could have done a few more like stories about the Breen, but they never did. They kind of stuck. They kind of stick them in at the end of this show, like just make them another yeah. Dominion power. But yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, but just just as we're going through here okay we got to get the transmitter going they kind of come up with their escape plan we're gonna get the runabout back why is that runabout just parked outside of the asteroid yeah yeah Uh, it doesn't make any sense why the geminar would just leave it there on like sort of autopilot or whatever but they do supposedly um but it kind of becomes like a prison break episode you know yeah that's how they set up this episode is like you know Worf's gonna have to go fight every gemadar while we you know dig our way out of here yeah and they just like i I love the whole thing with like we got it we got to get the um, the ratchet thing right and we got to open up this panel and pull this thing out and go through this conduit and you really it's like it's like the whole prison break of it all you really like feel that effect i like some of the shots in this in this episode and how they all kind of come together like um especially the the whole claustrophobia thing that garrick goes through um as he has to he's we find out garrick's the only one with enough engineering expertise to to do this job yeah not you know uh i guess they didn't teach that at starfleet academy for Worf, where he said i'm you know i'm a graduate of starfleet academy i know many things well not how to do that i'm a graduate of starfleet academy i know many things Not as many things as Garrick does. Apparently. So confident. I know many things. I know many things. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, that's kind of like the they set up the premise of what's going to happen, but then they bring them out into like the main courtyard here, all the prisoners, and they inform them that the Cardassians and the Dominion have come together and created a treaty, and all these Cardassian prisoners are free to go as they are now Dominion citizens, except yeah. you, Garrick. Yeah, he goes because Bashir Bashir gives him that look like go on, go go become a Dominion citizen and see if you can get us the hell out of here. And uh and Garrick, what is, uh, I have it here. The last time I checked, I was a Cardassian. But not a very popular one, I'm afraid. <laughs> not a very popular Cardassian. Sorry. <laughs> and then he tells that he goes, Why? He goes, uh because Gold Ducat's in charge. He goes Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Just like the look on his face, yeah. he's like, "You got me." Uh, and then we're back. We're on Cardassia, Jeff, uh, with the Ducat stuff. Um, I always love these speeches. There's always two Cardassians watching from a balcony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, like TVs everywhere. Just there's yeah. TVs all around Cardassia. The Dominion recognizes us for what we are—the true leaders of the Alpha Quadrant. It is actually a lot like the Nazi episode of, um, of original series of original series because they yeah. that's the TVs everywhere and they're watching the speeches. It's yeah, very reminiscent of that. It's very reminiscent, and it's got a lot of the same like uh, ominous feelings, and yeah. uh, where the people just kind of buy in, and yeah, they look up, they're looking up to the TV, and the. <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's uh, it's, it's so very... many of like the Star Trek writing staff, like Rick Berman, Iris Stephen Bear, Robert Hewitt Wolf, like uh, there, so many of these guys are Jewish, uh, yeah. like you know, and so I feel like for them, like post Holocaust and everything else, yeah. they're like we're we're tapping into all of this for our show, right? Like, which makes sense, know? you know, like that it, it, those themes, uh, and it's not even that old history. I mean, it's really recent. For them, I mean, it was only fifty years ago, which I guess the whole yeah. fifty year occupation and whatever yeah. like it's it's not that long ago um and uh yeah and just like and ducat being very much a hitler character cardassia will be made whole yeah. all that we have lost will be ours again and anyone stands in our way will be destroyed the one thing they don't show with cardassia as much is like giant crowds and him being adored like he, they don't show that as much it's more three guys three guys out, out here on the street two guys on a balcony but they're just kind of listening you know they're kind of like okay you know they're you not know, like there's not a lot of like praise to him and like, we see it know? we see like a little bit of like they use this i think they use this stock footage of like somebody like a few times like of this, yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know if this was the first time or not but uh it's always just like cardassians are like nodding at each other they're just like, kind of happy with whatever's being said <laughs> right. uh, they're all suspicious of each other nobody's actually friends <laughs> right <laughs> like why is he have power i want power you know yeah it's very you know so it's like it's got a bit of um uh, you know rome mixed in there with it too uh but at the right. same time like yeah they're they really laid on thick with the it's very german and uh, it has a lot of those motifs of at the end of world war one the 30s the 1930s really yeah this i vow with my life's blood this i vow with my life's blood for my son for all whose, our sons whose birthday was in five days or <laughs> oh, my daughter be damned yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> See you later. Get the Cardassian symbol here. And then um, they're like, uh, this is a bad... But like Changeling Bashir, I love how he's the one. We need more blood screenings, guys. Looks like it's time for another round of blood screenings. Obviously, we have a Changeling infiltrator on the station. Obviously. Which is why he infiltrated him. You know, because yeah. he was the one that was going to best Administer be to, the to detect him. You know, yeah. So that's why he was chosen. So, like, I, I'm glad they did that because it, it explained why he chose. They chose Bashir because, like, yeah, why would how he... he's been able to get away with it? Yeah, like it's like long. because if he had chosen like you know O'Brien or or somebody like that, I think it would have been more noticed. You know, because also Julian's single. He doesn't really have a connection to really anybody except like O'Brien. That's why it's like, it's like, you just like, notice. He's, he's, gonna, he's like, okay, your mission is you're going to have to go play darts with O'Brien sometimes. <laughs> like, whatever. I can yeah, do it. I can that do that it. I can bring them sandwiches. Right. Uh, and he'd already broken up with Lita, right? Before before yeah. the whole switcheroo. So, uh, you know, even that was out of the question. You didn't even have to go on dates with Lita. Um, anyway, so. And he even yeah, mentions like you know there's probably a changeling on the station is you know and, and he's like how do you know that he's like well i would send one i know? would send one because i am one <laughs> yeah whoever smelt it dealt it that's the rule <laughs> um okay so then they go back to the prison camp here and uh garrick is in the tunnel thing and he's got no air bad lighting he's got random electric shocks he's Talking to himself. Talking to himself. He's not happy. You know that this he, would make a wonderful interrogation chamber. <laughs> of course, he would look at it that way, right? Like that's kind of his character is to um, kind of look like he has this sadistic kind of uh, humor to him, you know, where he always kind of looks at it in the darkest way. You know, he tries to find a bright side weirdly yeah. about things, or tries to like look at the on the optimistic side. But he's like, "Do you want to switch that places with me?" Be sure he's like, "Yeah, I could take over in like six weeks when you teach me field engineering or whatever." Yeah. I was like, "Do you, do you guys you're you don't like take one class in this or like learn the basics?" Uh, apparently not. You know, even though he's a super smart uh, genetically yeah. enhanced man, which we're gonna find out in the very next episode, right? Right. So, so I think that's probably why they didn't do it because they didn't want to like give away that reveal you know yeah lots of reve- lots of bashir reveals in this season so yep bashir it does well in this season uh okay so yeah garrick's not liking it though so uh they, but they, then... they have to like leave him in there right well when uh, yeah, right. uh, uh this is so they send wharf on the oh and they have to cover it up they it's time clean. it's time i'm ready no, they like it feels like they're like Worf seems excited for this. Like he's like, I'm I'm happy to go fight. Oh yeah. Jemadar. He's like, I get to fight Jemadar. Fuck yeah. I get to kill without remorse and without penalty from the Federation. <laughs> or from the Dominion for that matter. You know, yeah. so. I killed my own brother. Fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they drag him off. Uh that one part where 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 Bashir just has to cover up like the, the metal thing they used to open the panels with his foot. I liked too. I was like, that's that's one way of hiding it. Yeah, but they can't like, let Garrick out because like the guards are too close for this whole part. Yeah, there's lots of little touches throughout this episode that I really like, uh, and I always really enjoy like the this like, the idea of like a prison break type thing. Like you know, a lot, a lot of my favorite movies are you know Shawshank and the um, Escape from Alcatraz, and a lot of these epi- uh, movies deal with these motifs of like tension, and I think this episode really uh, pays homage to that really well. Uh, you know, so, uh, 
it, it, we also get this combat aspect too, where like Worf basically has to lay his body on the line for the group so they can get to work and figure out yeah. how to get out of here. You know, this is where Marduk's like, yeah, this is his handiwork. Uh, the guy, the guy you're eager to fight, like the main leader guy. Uh, don't get, you know, this guy. Uh, yeah. You know, he's sick, and he's like, soon we're gonna be fighting Klingons. So let's just study this. You know, yeah, observe. Victory is life. Victory is life. Today is a good day to die. You know, it's a, you get you get both cultures. You get to see the Jemadar and the Klingons kind of face off, which the Jemadar say in this episode how much they're really excited about. Uh, you know, just having another Klingon, yeah, yeah, because they just love combat. Uh, but just... don't, don't the Klingons love it back? Like, should, aren't they kind of made for each other in some ways? Like, yeah. you know, but the Jemadar have no honor. Well, I get that, but like, at least they like a fight, and the and the Klingons like a fight. So, although I uh, feel like they do have honor in their, in they, like... do, they even allude to it in this episode when he's talk when the Jemadar is talking to the Vorda. The board is yeah. like, why is why does he keep fighting? Like, why does he? And he's like, I yeah. I like fighting. He goes, yeah, but you were genetically engineered that way. He just does it for honor. And he goes, something you would never understand. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, so the Vorda have no honor, but the Geminar kind of do. But they'll at the end of the day, they'll follow orders. They have a code. They have a code. Yeah, yeah. Right. And um, so do the Klingons. I think they mutually respect each other. And that's really what and want to kill each other and want to kill each other. It's like two <laughs> boxing, co you know, combatants. And then you get like Martok's like the 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 Mickey. He's the, the Mickey. Rocky. He's like, you know, especially then he's like, I'm going to throw the towel in. He's like, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Worf. <laughs> right. And like, they, they know that Derek's been in there too long. Right. Uh, while this is all happening. And finally, they get him out of there. But it's. <laughs> I like that Warf, you know, he takes down the first guy and he goes, that's the best you got. He was like, that was our least experience and youngest. <laughs> yeah, he beats this guy with like a tomahawk uh, chop here or something, right? Like, does he kill this guy? Oh, yeah, he kills all these guys. He snaps necks, <laughs> like, you know, it's pretty, like, they make him a pretty bloodthirsty murderer because he's not like killing them in self-defense. Like, he's killing them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they won't yield either. I don't even think he cares. He's like, I'm yeah. just a circle, you know. He's not asking them to yield. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you have to let... You, the, the way this game works, you're in the, the circle, and if you fall down, you have to touch the thing or you forfeit the match. But you could just stay down and not die. Well, will they just kill you after? Like, what? what is... Why does... <laughs> What is well, the, obviously, uh, Martok's been in a lot of these fights, and clearly, he didn't win them all. So, yeah. uh, it's it seems like you you can just kind of go, I give up, and that's fine. But Worf will never do it. I guess most Jem Hadar wouldn't do it either. Mm. So, um, because you know they're just built for that. They don't even sleep. Like they're like, if I don't, you know, victory is life, right? So, okay, all right, it. let's move on to the Kira Zial scene. Um, I always liked this scene because I think it's really interesting how the way Kira sees it, right? You know, uh, he's just like, she's like, first of all, your father's full of shit. Right now, I wouldn't believe your father if he said rain was wet. Um, and, you know, she's like, well, I always thought he was a good guy. And, he, you know, and he had his right. reasons for doing things. And she says, yeah, like, that's what's frightening. Everyone has their reasons. That's what's so frightening. People can find a way to justify any action, no matter how evil. You think Ducat's evil? Well, first of all, yes. 
but uh she's like listen like uh, at the end of the day you can't judge people by what they think or say only by what they do i think that is a great point because that is so true i you know yeah. actions speak way louder than words uh, people can say whatever they want you know really it comes down to what they do um and you know when you team up with a group that's willing to you know blow up a sun to completely wipe out an entire solar system say that's uh, mass genocide mass genocide it's pretty unforgivable um and i don't think it could be talked out of i don't care how much convincing or how you view that person can really um uh you know justify it or even make you understand it uh it, you know well, I think like you look at Kira's past and the, what she did, right? She obviously committed some, she did some bad things for good reasons, but right. I think that's you know, the she, difference. She's even kind of talking about herself a little bit, I think, in some ways. Yes. Right? Like, how are you going to judge me? You can only, you can, I can tell you it's because of this or that or whatever, but you know, you can judge me for my actions as well, just like Dukat. Uh, especially, I think, with guys like Dukat and Garrick, for that matter, who are such smooth talkers who, can kind of or quark even or these these various characters who are on this show who are so good at like spinning things and are, are you know yes. selling you this narrative but kira sees through all of it like kira is like at the end of the day it comes down to what you what you do what you fight for too like for for kira was a resistance fighter she was fighting against an occupying force that was basically subjugating her entire race of people Right. And so for her to blow up something or it, it was for a worthy cause in her, in her mind and, you know, and probably in reality when you're resisting something. But when you are the oppressor or you are the instigator of a conflict, it's very, very different, you yeah. know. For 50 years, you raped our planet and you killed our people. You lived on our land and you took the food out of our mouths. And I don't care whether you held a phaser in your hand or you ironed shirts for a living. You were all guilty and you were all legitimate targets. Right. And I think a big part of that is kind of like even like during the occupation, was there a main folk? like like hitler like figurehead you know like well was it's not for part of it but not for the beginning obviously he's too young for that right he's so. too young right so like the, w w w however it started it must have started through some sort of ideology or like why they wanted to take over this place you know and you know so it kind of always happens that way it seems like but you, that's the thing like i agree with kira that you can't judge them on what they say or what even if they feel like they have the best intentions they don't you know well uh, she's you know she's talking like, all the collaborators in, in on bajor who we met a couple of them in the show where they, these were people who would like sign the death warrants right for their own mm -hmm. people because they thought to keep yeah. themselves safe or to help themselves but yeah. you know like at the end of the day um you're kind of complicit yeah so okay let's move on to garon garon shows up <laughs> The Klingons are, are here, and they want to dock. Worf's not here. Worf's not home, Gowron. So, oh, this yeah. is a glorious day. We see the burnt hand, so you you get you, you know when, when he says this is a dark day, uh, Gowron says this is a dark day. This is a dark day. We have to uh, get out of here. Being treated by Changeling Bashir throughout this whole thing, which is great. Uh, and he's like, well, what are you going to do? Prepare for a fight to the death. 
<laughs> Gowron doesn't seem to have any luck. He had the changeling Martok. Now he's got changing Bashir, you know, tending well, to him here. He doesn't right. seem to, you know, wherever he goes, there's some changeling, you know. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, Odo was uh, messing with him earlier on in the season. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Basically, the, the gist of this scene is Cisco comes to him and says, hey, why don't we, uh, what is it, the Kidamar Accords? That's yeah, he's like, it. you know, remember that 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 whole peace treaty that basically, like, I was kind of helped, partly responsible for, my crew was responsible for for Torchin, uh, because yeah. we, you know, we found out what you were up to, going to invade Cardassia and all that. He he puts it in front of uh, in front of Garon, and he's like, it's dead. And he's like, well, we can bring it back to life again. And he's like, you know, and then we could stand united. And Garon's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's a good, good idea. He's like, why die slow when we could die quick? <laughs> <laughs> right. Even even it's um it's changeling Bashir who helps convince him here. Yeah, like so much. Right, he time. wants them all in the same place. Because he wants them all in the same place, so they can blow them up. You know, that's all it's like the genius plan here that almost worked. Yeah, and he didn't even have to like like maybe he did, but it didn't seem like he had to ask Cisco to do this. Like it just kind of fell <laughs> in his lap. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I I guess they they were kind of like almost like predicting, okay, when we do this, then the Kling, we'll attack the Klingons and then they'll probably retreat over here and maybe yeah. they'll make up with the Federation and then we can, you know, and the Romulans showing up, I think, was just like bonus for them. Um, which is which is why they immediately just went to Cardassia and didn't attack the station. Yeah. You know, like because they why? you're right. I think they planned ahead. They knew that okay, they're gonna get the Klingons to come, and then you know, there was yeah, I agree. It was a, definitely a, a well-laid plan. Why my only my only question is why didn't the Dominion want the wormhole collapsed? Because they could have collapsed it and then like their whole issue with the Alpha Quadrant would be done too, right? Like when that served them. Well, it seems now like they're just pissed off, they want the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, they're conquerors. I think they're a bunch of lot. They lie to themselves that they, oh, we just want to live in solitude and be left yeah. alone. And they're, they're they're liars. They lie to themselves about that. They really they're conquerors. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we see enough well, evidence. It's part that. of the 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 their mythology is they're always bringing order, right? And that's right. that's what tyrants do. They 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 always say the same thing. We're bringing order. Yeah, under right. our, make, under our make system. The trains run on time, which is very much like the Cardassians. It made a lot of sense for the yeah. Dominion and the Cardassians to align because they they have the same philosophies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He holds it out here, and I like you know uh, great line here from Gowron. Uh, Five years ago, no one had ever heard of Bajor or Deep Space Nine, and now all our hopes rest here. All our hopes rest here. Where the tides of fortune take us, no man can know. Where the tides of fortune can take us, no man can know, Jeff. What is that? I think I don't think Cisco knows either. He goes, they're tricky, those tides. I think he's just saying, like, God knows what's going to happen next. Like, it's nothing is predictable now, you know, to the Klingons and the Federation. I mean, a year ago, they were going to kill each other, you know? And now all of a sudden they're going to be teamed, like they're going to be on the same side. They're going to be allies. Like it's they it's... were literally killing each other. Remember that episode with Jake? You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. and everything else. Like there was there was a short and bloody war. But then, <laughs> and, and, and Galron doesn't even have to ask another Klingon if this is a good idea. He just signs the the agreement. He makes it here with Cisco. It's quite it's quite it's quite something, really. 
they just kind of shoehorn it into this episode. Uh, and, and Cisco's just a captain. He's not like an ambassador. He's not like a, a president or anything. You know, he's right. just. But to get this, from he is the, the emissary. He is the emissary. <laughs> but, yeah. but to but to get this, you're right, Dave. From the leader of the Klingon Empire to agree to this alliance, I'm I'm sure a lot of the people at Starfleet headquarters would be like ecstatic. You, you know? think so? Yeah, because like he he basically negotiated this in like two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's impressive. Yeah, he does. Uh, it is impressive, and it is like get- Cisco sounded in this stuff a lot, but this is a good Cisco scene for sure. Gowron looks impressed. Gowron's like, good, good move, man. This was a power move. I like it. He's like, yes. Where the tides of fortune take us, no man can know. Uh, okay, so then we go back to the prison camps here, and oh, there's the look here, but, but don't forget about that look. The look oh, yeah. we get here from Changeling Bashir right after this happens, and then we go to the runabout pad, and we yes. see Changeling Bashir has got his evil. He's doing things. He's doing things. He's moving chips from one slot to another slot, and so you know yeah. he's up to something no good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, so then we go back to the prisons, uh, and Worf is, uh, you know, still fighting guys this guy tries to do some sort of a grab his heart out of his chest move it doesn't work uh <laughs> yeah oh yeah and then wharf wharf does like the whole like, wharf snaps the neck. well he snaps his five neck <laughs> matches and five victories <laughs> five matches and five victories oh i love you- how impressed martok is <laughs> you truly have the spirit of kalis within you Spirit yeah. of Kalis. And then, like, the Jump of Dark Eyes is like, until tomorrow. Okay, you gotta fight another guy. Warf's like, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. <laughs> I'll be waiting. Yes, sure you will. will. Yeah, and then so Bashir's um, checking him out. He's like, you got, like, five broken ribs, a punctured lung. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you can't keep fighting guys to the death. Are you nuts? Yeah, Martok's <laughs> like, screw that shit. Bandage his ribs. <laughs> Bandage the ribs. <laughs> get, let's get on with the show. This is how we do it. He's like, you're gonna die if you keep doing it. He's like, like do they? Does this fight really help Garrick get his work done faster or not? Yes, yeah, because it distracts the Gem Hadar. You know, the Gem Hadar are not worried about them in the prison in their cell. They're more worried about the next fight and you know and watching Worf and you know uh, analyzing and all that stuff. You right. know. So okay. that's, you know, kind of why I think it works, you know, because that's the Gemini are way more interested in that than making sure the Breen guy doesn't get out, you know, because yeah. <laughs> they kind of, well, not, not interested enough to move that, that runabout far enough away that it could, like, at least at a transporter. Well, yeah, that's a, that's just, that's a, what's it, a jump to shark, deus uh, ex machina type thing, um, you know, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Bashir goes in to check in on, Garrick, who's kind of he's having a hard time in there. He's basically in a tight little corridor. It's hot, it's dark. You start hearing all the noise because his yeah. light goes out. He's talking to his light. He's like, You I can't have you quitting on me, and blah blah blah. Right. And, um goes out here. They're like he's he's making too much noise. And they again, like I like how every time they have to open up this panel, there's like a, like a system that they have to go through. And Bashir goes in and gets them. And uh, and just like Andrew Robinson again, like great, just like a couple of things they play out here with his basically his PTSD or whatever around it, his claustrophobia. Um, love the way this is shot too. 
just with yeah. like the three looking over him and and him on him wiped out. And they're like he he's like he's remarkable that he even did it as much as he did. But they're like we're kind of screwed without him. It was if we if we don't have Kane's dead now and he's not doing well. So and he's apparently I guess the Breen or the those Romulans are also not engineers, so they can't do it either. Which creates stakes. Like it makes it seem like, the, oh man, they might not get out of this. Like it, it really, like that's what's good about this episode that it feels like, oh, it's not just going to get, oh, they're going to get, which they do, you know, get out of there just in the nick of time. But it feels like they could be there for a while, you know, <laughs> like, which I, I enjoy. I like the way they, it, does, it almost does feel like they're there for a while because, like, they set up the prison in the first part and then they're there for this whole episode, basically. And we're, we're going there so often. Uh, and it's not a small, it's a, it's not a big place. So it's, you feel it, uh, more, more Klingon stuff. They're like, we need more secure. Kira talks about the whole, like, um, somebody replicated something. We, we know it's changing Bashir, but they don't know it. Uh, he's like, get, get Gowron to help Odo, uh, guard everything. And he's like, Klingon's helping to protect D-Space 9. Who would have thunk, you know? Uh, Klingons are our friends. Dukat's our enemy. Things like, you know, yesterday is not the same as today. And right, the whole thing about this being a whole new show, yeah, uh, really comes to the pass here. I think you know they, they're recognizing and they know that this is the the transition point. We also get uh, so Gold Dukat is hailing Cisco. He wants to talk to him. Yeah, um, this whole con- this is their first of the two conversations that they have. Um, Show little respect. You are talking to the head of the Cardassian government. Yeah, I don't recognize that government. It just doesn't. Even... I don't recognize that government. Your recognition is irrelevant. <laughs> Your recognition is irrelevant. Which we know is bullshit. That's all Ducat wants from Cisco. from Cisco. Is the recognition. recognition? He's like, if that's true, why are we? Why are we having this conversation? You know. Oh, yeah. He's like, gives him a chance. He's like, why did you get the Federation to join the Dominion? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. That's his pitch. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, they'll still be in good shape. You know, it, it won't be as strong, but, you know, the Cardassia will be in charge, but you won't be totally eradicated. You know, he says, I, I'm doing this because you saved my life a couple times and I'm going to offer this is me giving you throwing you a bone, basically. Uh, yeah, you, you will be he's basically saying you're if you don't join us join us or die like if you don't join us you're going to be in the midst of history is like what he says yeah. you know so <laughs> you know <laughs> cisco's uh, having none of it of course uh you know uh, where, where's where is cisco here uh why are we having this oh where i played that one no it's this one if you have something to say to me say it <laughs> Well, and then I love the little like retort they have about the space station. He's like, you know, that was Cardassians once; it will be again. It was built by Cardassians. He's like, that's funny. I thought it was built by Bajoran slave labor. <laughs> that space station you're so fond of was built by Cardassia. Funny. I thought it was built by Bajoran slave labor. Uh, if you want to retake the, if sta- you want to retake the station, huh, you are welcome to try. Yeah, he's like, come get it, come get it. Like he's just throwing it down. Here. Not backing down. Yeah. Backing no. It's what you want, which is what you want from your, you know, your captain. And uh, there's only a few scenes with Cisco in these two episodes, but the ones that are are really good. Him and Ducat always strong, and it, it was it. This is some of the best of these two. Uh, yeah. In this, in this, in this second half, especially. Um, yeah. Of this. 
okay, so then we're back in the prison planet, and uh, you know, the, on the asteroid, and Dukat, uh, sorry, uh, Garrick decides. You know, he's going. Well, War Worf's had another seven battles. <laughs> right, right. I forgot about that. Seven battles and seven victories. What hero of legend could have done as well? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to make sure the best song guy in, uh, on Kronos will write you, you a glory. He song. will write a song worthy of you. <laughs> Says, I'll, I'll get them to mention you, uh, Bashir. Even you're, like, you're, you're the healer. The healer that bound the warrior's wounds so he could fight again. <laughs> He's loving like Worf being slowly murdered. It's way too much. <laughs> it's like porn for him. He's like, this yeah. is great. I'm out of the fights and he's in there and I get to be his trainer. It's even better. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's like, I get to know the story, tell the story to others. <laughs> and then he's like, or uh, Worf's like, we need a we need a, a verse of a song about how we're going to escape or what the hell we're going to do because uh, if we can't get it, and uh, and Garrick's like, don't worry, I, I got this. After all, a verse about the Cardassian who panicked in the face of danger would ruin General Martok's song. Right, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that would be unfortunate. That's why he gets up. It's the song. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's so great about Garrick. Um. Okay. Who's in here? And then they're like, "Oh, the, but the whole thing where they, where, where even Martok and Ger uh, Worf are impressed here by yeah. by Garrick's bravery." There is no greater enemy than one's own fears. It takes a brave man to face them. It takes a brave man to face them. Yeah, uh, like you, like. Worf and Worf and Garrick grow a little bit here too, you know. Um, Changeling Bashir up to no good. Yeah, and O'Brien comes in, and this is like the one scene where you think O'Brien would might still figure this out, figure it out, notice something's wrong. He's the closest person to Bashir on the station, and he doesn't even no clue, <laughs> no clue. He's not even thinking about it. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about darts for? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I got some darts. He's like, darts. He's like, like things are gonna turn up for the best. Some of the things he says to him, it's just like, how do you not recognize something's wrong with him? You <laughs> know? He was nice. He was nicer than you. And uh, I mean, we found out Keiko and Molly and and uh, Kira Yoshi have gone to Bejor as well, so they would have been killed as well in this attack. Um, everyone would have been dead. Jeff, yeah. <laughs> he just goes back to work here at the end of the scene too, like like nothing. And quick scene here with Zial and Quark too. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, Kevin. What the Jem Hadar don't eat, don't drink, and they don't have sex. And if that wasn't bad enough, the founders don't eat and don't drink, and they don't have sex either. But then Zial's like, What about the Vorta? They could be, uh, you know, gluttonous sex maniacs. For all we know, the Vorta could be gluttonous, alcoholic sex maniacs. <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> How delighted he is, too. <laughs> Doesn't care that the, everyone might die or the conquerors. He's like, I get selfies. All these friends he made might die, but he's like, eh, maybe the border yeah. will be fun. They'll be my new customers. <laughs> Got to restructure my business model, and then he just walks off, and that's it. That's it for Quark. Quark has that. He breaks up the fight with Ducat and Garrick earlier in the first part, and then he has this conversation with Zial. That's it. He's kind of peaceful. Uh, and then they mentioned that this Starfleet task force is on its way quickly here. 
Um, the Admiral Galhuli or whatever is coming. We never see that Admiral or that task force much. Um, no. Uh, okay, back to the prison planet, uh, or the asteroid. We have um, you know, the scene that you alluded to earlier, Kevin, where the Vorta is like, you know, yeah, the mo- what motivates yeah. him is some barbaric sense of honor and it's something you'll never understand. And then we get the 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 most worthy opponent of Gemitar to say he's gonna fight him. You know, so hey. it's like oh showdown, the the elder or whatever his name. He's like the first, the first. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, Worf looks like Worf looks like excited and scared. Well, it's kind of cheap. I mean, he's made him fight seven guys, and then he's like, okay, I'll take more than that. It was like uh, uh, one on the first day, five on the second day, seven on the third day. So what? I thought it was just seven total victories. No, it was like just seven that day after after he already had six broken ribs. Oh, I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. He's this killing is like, the He's snapping necks left and he's right. Snapping necks all over the place. He's like he, he he's he's going hard. Worf, uh, this is like Worf's one of his moments, one of his peak moments of life. I'd say it was this whole thing he went through here. Yeah, he's like you're uh, fighting me, and then let's do it. Today is a good day to die. Victory is life. Like they're, they're just like they're. This is the ultimate showdown. We everything's been building to this as far as Worf's story has been going. Uh, yes. And back uh, in here. Okay, so then they go, yeah, they go back to the, 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 the cell and they're looking for Garrick somehow, right? Well, yeah, Garrick's working away, uh, work faster. Um, Warp's just getting the shit kicked out of him, basically. Yes, he is. Uh, and then they, they, they warn that the guards are coming. So not all the Jemadar were distracted by this fight because a few Jemadar show up to find Garrick so they can kill him. Right. Um, and then they beat sheer to the ground here. These guys weren't, they didn't need to see the cage fight with Worf and the, the first. No, it's just convenient to create tension, you know, I guess. And, and speed up the ending, right? Cause we need yeah, to get yeah. this going here and they start searching things and they find the, whatever it is. Um, what, what, what is it? Uh, Bashir? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's either a self sealing stem bolt. Reverse ratcheting router. I'm just not sure. Yeah, and then they shoot the, the Romulan guy, you know, and they're like, she's next. You well, know, yeah, well, that comes, yeah, that comes after. Comes after. Because uh, at first, like, they're like, launch the runabouts, right? And we see, like, this runabout, which is like from the Ooh, pilot, I think. The mighty tough runabouts. Yeah. Uh, but we see it's here. It's uh, Changeling Bashir. He's taken over the runabout Yukon specifically, and uh, presumably these guys are all dead. Uh, yes. He's killed the, the the original crew of the Yukon. And somehow this this I guess in all the confusion with the amount of ships they had flying around and everything else, this runabout just kind of gets away and they don't really notice it. Yeah. Would you think there would be? Per- I guess he does. He goes through the permissions to get. To get out of there, yeah, right? yeah he yeah. fakes the right. voice and he does that whole deal, right? And the Romulans show up, Jeff. Don't forget that, right? And the Romulans, just that was just, a nice touch, yeah. <laughs> and why? Why do the Romulans show up? Uh, because they know that the that they'll be on the hit list. Um, you know, right. so they're it's they were going to make a stand here. With the uh, with the Klingons in the Federation, which which they'll go on to do, they'll become the alliance that will end the war, right? Yeah. 
so there's always kind of you know that it, you know in it, you know being set up and we, maybe they never had to do in the pale moon like you know uh and bring them into the war but it's still you know it, it makes sense because the Romans are distrustful. Um, okay, so yeah, we go back, uh, and, and Worf is still getting his ass kicked. No, but don't forget, this guy gets shot. You you wanted to talk about that? Yes, he gets shot, and then they threat. They just seem to want to kill the Romulans. You know, you go, I I literally got the screenshots. I got it's like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Vaporized. Vaporized. It didn't look like a good. It looked like a. Um, not. It, it happened faster than that. But they just kill him. And they're like, uh oh. And he's like, she's next. Uh, but they don't. Neither of them break uh, here. They both know they have to keep quiet. And right. then uh, somehow, somehow, this Jaminar figures out that it, I have to open this specific panel with this thing. I figure he figures out what the the metal thing is for, and, yeah. and that this bed has to move. Like it's a little bit convenient, but. Um, going in yeah here here garrick turns off the light and yeah. then more wharf ass kickery <laughs> i like i i like i just get this this where he's like it's a good shot of martok martok's like stay down man i'm in your corner man and you it's over he's like yeah. i will not yield <laughs> no he will not uh he's getting up <laughs> he can barely stand and, <laughs> and this guy just Keeps knocking the crap out of him, but like slowly, could be could be more harsh on him. And this whole thing where they're looking in there, I don't see anything. And then the Breen, this is the, what you said earlier, Kevin. The Breen is like the hero of the episode. Yeah, yeah. He pulls out the gun, shoots the Jemhadar, then shoots another Jemhadar. He, he, these two him. shoot each other. Yeah, this, it's it's uh, is this an homage to Star Wars? You think? A little <laughs> no, bit. No, yeah, it's just Literally. like. It don't you know they but they just they vaporize each other very quickly. I mean so their Britain helmets are definitely an homage. Right. Sure, pulls out this knife too, and he like totally stabs this guy in the heart. But a little, the whole who shot first, you know, yeah, Hans yeah. Called, you know that's kind of where I, I that's the feeling I got from it a bit. I think the Breen shot first, but just barely. Yes, he did. Uh, okay, and then uh, yeah, and then Garrick basically figures it out in the nick of time and gets them beamed off but he's like uh, yeah you got how many how many we got left three left and he's like you better hurry up because uh they're gonna come in here and kill us all very shortly do do they beam out they do beam out the romulan lady yeah, yeah so but, they save her they save her you know um this is where like wharf keeps getting up and like the board is just like kill him what's wrong with you he's like i can't like to the whole honor thing Yes. They really, do, they really try to go out of the way to show us that the Geminar are more, are a little bit more complex. Yeah, um, and they don't well, just like, follow I orders. Like when the, the Jem'Hadar just goes and puts his hand on Worf's shoulder, and he's like, "That's enough. Like, it's enough. Just stay down. Stay down." And the board <laughs> is like, "No, man, that's not how we roll." Yeah. I don't know. Um, and he, and then he makes that announcement. I. I uh, I cannot defeat this Klingon. I can only kill him, and that no longer holds my interest. Right, and the board is just <laughs> disgusted. He's like, "Kill them both! Like, <laughs> screw this shit!" Right, uh, and this is right when Garrick gets it. You see, he gets the thing. It turns on, and it beams out these guys. But this uh, this Jemadar guy gets totally killed. Uh, yeah, as mm -hmm. the, the the bullet goes right through there on Worf. He's, he's trying to a second later or earlier and. Worf's definitely dead. Um, right. And then they get in the runabout. 
and there's like no Jemadar ships here. They just kind of get up there. It's very like calm. Yeah. A little bit too calm, if you ask me. Uh, and they're just like, uh, Garrick just casually goes to the panels, like, boop, 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 maximum warp. Yeah, we're good. Um, let's have a chat first before let's we have go. a chat. Warf and Garrick go, good job, man. Good job. Yeah, I know. You did good. You did good. All right. It's all us. Shouldn't Bashir like immediately be getting like the medical tricorder out and like helping morph? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's pretty beat up. Yeah. Uh, well, he's like, we gotta get the message. We gotta get the message out. That's that was Bashir's number one priority before he was gonna treat any injuries. He's like, we have to warn. We have to warn them about Changeling Bashir. Yeah, he's like, I will not have somebody. I will not stand. Me. I'm yeah. coming home. There will not be two Bashirs when I get home. I'm not dealing with that shit. <laughs> yeah. I've dealt with it too he's many worried. times. He's worried that he's stealing his best friend. The changeling is stealing yeah. his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even notice. He just he, he doesn't even send the message to the station just, just to right. just O'Brien. to O'Brien. Yeah. Hey O'Brien, the guy that's beating you in darts isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so yeah, they send the message. Uh back on the station though. They're like, there's no the ships are supposed to be there, but it's just blank. Like the fight never the fight that's supposed to happen because this this is the part that's being faked by the by changing Bashir is that the Dominion fleet is there yeah but but it's not it's not uh, and then they ask like where is like Cisco asks where is Doctor Bashir because like they get this message from him what the hell and his last known location was Runabout Pad E you know so you, you can see this moment where he goes oh oh he goes that's not good that's Bashir changing <laughs> Bashir. <laughs> this is where he puts it together. He's like, Changeling's a Bashir. Bashir's a Changeling. And he's like, you got new orders, Major. Kill Bashir. Kill Changeling Bashir right away. <laughs> like, he doesn't even say that. He just says, destroy the Yukon. Yeah. Destroy That's the it. Yukon. And yeah. she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. She's like, All right. uh, and they're like, it's heading towards the Bajoran sun, right? Uh, well, we see and then Dax does some science work. She's like, there's a bomb on that runabout. And if it explodes in the sun... It's going to trigger a supernova. Supernova. Then, so Kira's like, okay, well, we're gonna have to go to warp <laughs> in a solar system. Yeah, and he has Bashir has no lines here, but he's just no. he's so he's so evil. He's such like this evil supervillain. Like it's 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 good work him going back and forth between these two characters he's playing in this episode. Yeah. Um, and and they're like, well, we can't, we're too far away, and and this is where I guess you can call this the Kira maneuver. Take us to warp inside a solar system. If we don't, there won't be a solar system left. And then, so, this is why it takes normally three hours to get to Bajor because they would never warp to Bajor because it's too dangerous. But the Defiant does uh, all the way to the sun. Actually, this is really cool. Where it just like shows up, grabs him, grabs the the, the runabout in the tractor beam, and he's just like. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Says nothing, looks up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just like fling him off and it blows up. Like it's so quick. That worked out quick. It, it was it was very convenient. It was a great way to end the end the episode, but it was like right. and he's um, like, Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna kill us all without ever firing a shot. And then we got the reunion here with um Garrick and Zial. He's like, this is weird. I'm a little uncomfortable with this. Can we go back to just the, the hands? Um, but, you know, they're a thing. And then the whole thing here with Bashir and, you know, changeling Bashir for a month. He's like, yeah, much easier <laughs> to get along with you than you. 
And we got Worf and Dax reunited with his Klingon operas. So that's nice too. Um, and then the final speech, the final chat. Here. Well, the, first of all, they're like, Martok's coming to the show. He's going to be the permanent Klingon commander on the show. Uh, like this, this whole meeting up here with uh, Gowron and, and then. You can Great choose the, into the show. Yeah, he's like he's coming to the end of the show, and you're like, oh, good, you know, because remember JG Hertzler uh, was in the pilot. He played the Vulcan captain of the Saratoga that was destroyed at Wolf Three Five Nine, so he's been with this show kind of since the beginning, you know, and he played a bunch of different characters, uh, with Martok being his most famous, of course. But yeah, yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, so his voice is like so recognizable too. Yeah. And then the fi- the final little like thing here with uh with with Ducat and uh and and Cisco where he's like, yeah, you almost killed your daughter. He's like, well, she's dead to me, and I don't care. And listen, <laughs> um, one man's villain is another man's hero. So this 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 was uh, Ducat being a heroic in his mind. He's like, yeah, okay. He's so indignant when he says Zial made her choice. Like basically <laughs> she chose to die. Like, you know, like he's I wore I tried to warn her. You know, <laughs> I, I tried to I, I came there, I ordered her, it didn't work, and then you know, I told her screw off, and that's how it goes. He's <laughs> like, how does he not hear how evil he sounds? <laughs> like <laughs> I want one. One man's villain is another man's hero. Yeah. Uh, he says, you may have sca- escaped defeat today. You may have escaped defeat this day, but tomorrow. We will see about tomorrow. Yes, we will. <laughs> and that's it. It's a good way to end. And Cisco's just like, uh-oh. Like, you can see, like, he's like, you want to fight, Ducat? I'll give you a fight. But there's, he's, you know, he's kind of like... This is the this is the long chess game, Jeff. I think like it's just so like Cisco just like has no like he's not even like a worthy adversary because in a way because like he needed the Dominion to become strong, you know like it's not like he built up Cardassia and there were like this just as strong a force. He basically had like he says it to him. He's you sold out your people to the Dominion for a monument, and you know you are this person that you know thinks you're this big tough person but you were willing to do the most cowardly act to destroy an entire solar system <laughs> like you just such contempt like you could see it in his face the way he, he but deals. isn't cisco a little bit mad at himself that he he he, he invited ducat to the meeting in the first part he, he was kind of yeah. trusting ducat and now he's you know just like eddington why, he's been fooled why isn't he as mad at ducat as he is at eddington because well, he, he didn't a uniform you betrayed your uniform uh need to get that on it's true he's not as mad and he should be because what eddington did compared to what ducat just tried to do is not even comparable what ducat you betrayed your uniform you know eddington was trying to like you know he was more loyal to the maquis and he was trying to help them he was he was again his virtue was better than ducat's ducat's is a very you know, was Ducat was never a Starfleet officer and, and didn't and didn't actually serve under Cisco. So I think you know Cisco yeah. obviously took it personally. Yeah. Uh, but he took it personally because he didn't see it, right? Like he says that in those episodes, and then he doesn't see it here. He doesn't see Bashir. You know, he's like, not a very good judge of character. No. Odo must have been teaching him about security. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> learn, everything I learned about Odo or everything security I learned from Odo. So yeah. 
that's uh that's all the screenshots i have and sound effects but uh maybe some fun facts jeff just yeah to... i'm just working on that one sec uh okay yeah the episode before in purgatory shadow was for the uniform so yeah literally okay, we're coming fresh off of that uh, but not for us it's been two months since we did that podcast <laughs> okay uh Okay, so let's go through a few of these. Um, okay, so this is Melanie Smith's first appearance as Yell. She, I believe, is the second actress to play Yell, or the third, 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 I think. She's the best. Yeah. I think she's the best Yell. Yeah, she's the best Yell. The okay. Cisco says that Professor Khan of the Trill Science Ministry has found a way to seal the wormhole without harming the aliens within it. This is no doubt. Lenara Khan, Dax's former spouse, who appeared in Rejoined and was established as a wormhole yeah. expert. I, I, th- I thought that was a nice little reference, like that doesn't, you know, that we kind of, if you're paying attention, you would know who that is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is the only episode of DS9 directed by Gabriel Beaumont, who previously directed seven episodes of Next Gen and would later direct Voyager's episode Blink of an Eye. So they, they have different directors, these two parts. Yeah. Gabriel Beaumont and the second part is Les Landau, who's like a but the same but the same writers for both episodes. Uh Ducat's line to Zial, quote, stay here and be damned, parallels Kang's line to Jadzia, come and be damned. From Blood Oath. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come with us and be damned. Uh okay. While trapped in the Gemadar camp, Doctor Bashir proves he's human by passing a blood test. Worf questions whether the blood screenings can be trusted. He's right to be suspicious, as one of the, his fellow inmates is General Martok, a changeling disguised as Martok, passed multiple blood screenings while infiltrating the Klingon Empire and influencing it towards war with the Federation. That's why, like, yeah, like the whole thing with Bashir is like even. You know, the even prison Bashir maybe not was Bashir. You know, you never <laughs> yeah, prison really... Bashir might be also a changeling. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, never know. Uh, due to the makeup completely covering his left eye, J.G. Hertzler had no depth perception while in character as Martok and was not allowed to perform any of his own stunts. Consequently, when Martok is fighting the Jemadar, he is only seen from behind. But the stuntman would have to have the the, the eye covering too. No, not to be from behind. But, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. But that, and that's why it's so weird. Where it's like, oh, it's General Martok. Worf's like, it's General Martok. I'm like, what? You can tell from his ass? Like a guy you've never met? Yeah, you know. You met his changeling? Um, Maybe Klingons can smell each other. Maybe they can. Maybe they're like at their dogs and they just smell <laughs> their asses. Listen to this. Julian Bashir, act, uh, actor Alexander Siddig, was not informed that his character had been replaced by a changing for over a month until he received the script for this episode. He complained <laughs> to the producers, telling them that if he'd known he was playing an imposter, he'd have, he would have adjusted his performance accordingly. That was why he, he'd not been informed. That's why they didn't tell him. The changing was meant to be such a good imposter that no one would notice any difference in Bashir at all. But I could see him being upset about that. But does he ever like? Ultimately, do, do the writers have that right to hold that back from him or not? You know, I guess. Oh, I'm sure like... they have the right. I'm just, I would be pissed off at him. I mean, I'd be pissed off too because, like, you know, you could 
do little inflections or kind of you know change. But, but wouldn't that give it away? Like because if the the actor is going to try to sell that to us and give us those hints, and maybe them those hints not being there so obvious, you know, makes the reveal even that much more of a shock, right? Yeah, yeah, it worked. That's for sure. Uh, so maybe the writers are right. Oh, Dave, there's a hidden 47 reference. You want to hear it? Sure. Bashir is held at intern camp, internment camp 371. 3 plus 1 equals 4, thus 47. But it's 371. Yeah, but 3 plus 1 equals <laughs> 4. So... You have three plus one. You know how numbers work. If you know how numbers work, yeah, like that's, that one's a rough one. That's like that's like it ridiculous. Is. That's a stretch. That that's one. a stretch. Come on, that's not a hidden forty-seven. It's a hidden forty-seven because there happens to be a seven in it, and like you're, and there's a three plus one. It's so well hidden. So well Numer hidden. You would never even think about it. Numerology. Okay, let's go over to the next episode by Inferno's Light. Um, Dax is hesitant about jumping to a warp inside the Bajoran star, uh, star system. In Star Trek The Most in Picture, Captain Kirk had to risk jumping to warp inside Earth's solar system to intercept Vigurs uh, as soon as possible. Also, in order to achieve time warp velocity by slingshotting around the sun, Kirk and crew uh, traveled at warp inside a solar system again in the voyage home. They even initiated warp speed while still in Earth's atmosphere for the return trip. And don't forget the Picard maneuver. Yeah, so you can, I don't know, like the rules around warp drive and solar systems and what you can and can't do is a little bit um, shaky for me, you know? Yeah, because uh, like space is space. Like, is there really a difference between a solar system? It's not advised. It's 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 riskier. You're better off to be in open space for warp drive. But I get. Right. But like, it seems like you can do it. It's just obviously nothing happened to the Defiant here. They were fine. Did they did they warp back or did they take the long way back? You think? Probably just the long way back. Uh, okay, Garrick's role and actions in this episode are similar to the character Danny in The Great Escape from 1963. Both men were forced to work in a confined area and both suffered from claustrophobia. It is also worth noting that Andrew Robinson himself suffers from mild claustrophobia, and on the day the Carl Space scenes were shot, he was suffering from the flu. Which actually is kind of, he looks like he's sick when he's in yeah. there, so that makes sense. Uh, I thought they ju just made him hot and just that's what they did for the but no, he was actually sick. Um, although he is mentioned near the beginning of the episode, Odo does not appear in the in the second part. So he really doesn't do much in the, both these episodes. You're right. He doesn't show up in the second part, does yeah. he? Even Quark gets more presence in this. Um, you know, I like Odo, but sometimes I'm like, I don't need Odo. You know, well, do we? Well, I didn't miss him. I didn't miss him in these episodes, you know? So like, really, we didn't even need him in the first episode for him in that conversation with Kira. It's almost no, like they really. stuck that in just so that Rene Aubergenois would have something to do at, yeah. at least a little bit. But there was no Jake Sisko in either of these. Well, so. Jake doesn't even count. He's a, yeah, we're going to get lots of Jake coming up. Yeah, well, well yeah, once he's on the station, too, by himself. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, James Horan has appeared in four Star Trek spinoff television series. He's played Joe Brill in Next Gen. He played Lieutenant Barnaby, uh, also in Next Gen. Tozen in Voyager. Ikatika in Space Nine's In Purgatory Shadow and by Inferno's Light. So this is the humanoid figure in five episodes of Enterprise. In addition, he lent his voice to video games. So he's 
really this I don't know who this is, but you're he was the Jemadar first you're talking about. Oh, is that him? Um, okay. so he played a bunch of different characters. He was uh Ikatika is his name. But they never say his name, do they? No, like no. or uh if they do it's very quickly. But yeah, I liked this guy who plays that that Jemadar guy. Like he's yeah. good. Yeah, they liked him. Uh this marks the last time any of the DC's nine casts are seen wearing the original DS9 style uniform, which is Bashir in this episode, uh, in which debuted in Emissary. The cast switched over to the first contact style in Rapture five episodes earlier. The lone holdout was the real Bashir, who had been replaced by a changing before the changing uniforms occurred and is still seen wearing the older style uniform in the Jemadar prison camp. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. So um, one thing that bothers me is that w- when Worf is in that Jemadar fight thing, he's wearing just the red undershirt, which I hate. It's my least favorite part of that uniform is that undershirt with the zip up the, the middle uh it look looks like crap yes why don't you like it because it has a zipper it's too, zipper it's too it's too burgundy it's too yeah it's not, it's not red, red enough. enough yeah and it's mostly the zipper down the, the middle and it just looks it doesn't it looks like pajamas it looks like know? like kind of like wine it looks like kind of wine but they all look bad the blue one the in the yellow one they all look ugly like it doesn't matter so it's um I like the gray top. The, I like the jacket part. Fine. It's right. just the, the and I like the idea of I like the idea of the, the turtleneck being sort of colored. It's just that execution of the shirt. I think looks like shit. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, Quark fears for his business future if the Dominion overtake the station, as neither the Jemadar nor the Fenners eat, drink, or have sex. Zial tries to comfort him, suggesting that for all they know, the Vorta could be gluttonous, alcoholic, six maniacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's fun. Um, oh, the Bashir Changing's bomb was said to include trilithium. That substance was used in the rocket Dr. Soren shot at the Viridian Sun in Ge- Star Trek Generations, in which the goal was also to create a star to go nova. Well, they also had protomatter in there, which is what uh, D- Dr. David Marcus used to create the, the Genesis yeah. weapon. Uh, yes. Uh, um, oh, Goldicott's role in this story is reminiscent of Henry Philippe Pétain, the f- French military commander who fought against Germany, German invasion in World War I, but in 1940 he submitted to the victorious Germans and was approved by them to be the puppet ruler of defeated France. Oh, wow. That's actually a very interesting... Maybe, yeah, maybe they thought about that with Ducat, because, yeah, Ducat's not the main guy in charge. Uh, but he's, you know, kind of takes advantage. Um, the shots of Ducat addressing the Cardassian people on the view screens are modified from the episode Tribunal from 94, so like two years earlier. And yeah, I was like, this is, I thought, I wasn't sure if this was the first time they used it, but it's not. It's from that, you're right. Yeah, and they used Ducat's image to replace Chief Arshon Makbar. Right. From that episode. Yeah, uh, so that's why we don't get a lot of the crowds or whatever being excited because they couldn't afford it, I guess. What did they spend it on? Guest stars? All the ships, the Klingon ships they were showing and all that stuff, I think, you know. Uh, The seemingly strange decision on the part of the Geminar to leave the runabout orbiting internment camp 371 would be addressed later in Deep 9 Inquisition, but not the Dominion's reason for doing so. Yeah, it's, it's it's just questioned by Sloan. He's like, why would they do that? We're like, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Okay, and finally, the station's runabout complement returns to three following the destruction of the Yukon. The three remaining runabouts are the Rio Grande, the Volga, and the unnamed runabout used by Garrick and Wharf to travel to and from the Gamma Quadrant. We never <laughs> they never even say the name of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah There's, but, they're like the runabout that's out there. Does the Rio Grande make it through the whole yeah. series? Yeah. It's the only, the only one. It's like original. Right there. <laughs> right behind me. Uh, okay. That's the Rio Grande. Okay, that's it for the fun facts. All right, ratings you, ratings let's do it uh so jeff what do you want to give part one in in purgatory shadow uh i'm gonna be like an eight give an eight to this one. Oh, wait, an eight uh and part two nine and a half for part two i'm going uh i'm going nine and a half for part one and i'll go nine for part two Neil's not here. Uh, Ashley, not here. Kevin? Tens for both. These Tens. are great episodes. No, you're right. I should go ten and nine and a half. That's where I'm, I'm going up here. Um, all right. So, uh, and Davin also not with us tonight. Uh, so, uh, that averages at 9.3 and 9.7 for the three, the two or three of us tonight. Uh, 8.7 and 8.88, respectively, on IMDb. And so, you know, most of this other stuff. So the episode that comes after this, Jeff, what's it called? It's Dr. Bashir, right? I presume. Dr. Bashir, I presume, which has got the, which I believe has Robert Picardo, right? Yes. As, yes. as, as, as Zimmerman, which I, I love that episode too. So it's, um, you know, it's nice to be back talking with T-Space 9. I know we spent two hours talking about these two-part episodes, which don't yes. even add up to two hours, but, um, you know, Got some great stuff. I'm glad that we were well yep. rested for it. Um, to come in here and, and go through it again, yeah. No, it was fun, it was fun to get back in the swing of things here and uh, you know, ready to get into the home stretch here of uh, all the, all the best DS9 stuff. D Space Nine and Nine ish, we're back, baby. Now on Wednesdays, now move to new time, same nine ish time. That's right. Uh, we make did. sure. To- Make sure to check out our other podcasts like Star Trek Enterprise Rewatch every Monday night with Kevin Millar, Jody Simpson, and myself, along with keep, Adam Woodward. You've been keeping up with that? We've been keeping up. Damn right we've been keeping up. Uh, <laughs> I watched the podcast the other night. with Ke- I wasn't on it, um, but it was Kevin, Jody, and Adam. And they were like, we all hate this episode. And I gave it like they got to the ratings part. They were all giving zeros and threes. Yeah. And I, I already given my rating earlier, uh, seven and a half. And they were just like, what is Dave? odd what's wrong i was like i thought the episode was fine um you know i had my my issues with it but um it, it was just like interesting what was an aggressive guys. piece of shit yeah they, the three of them just just hate hated hated it for the whole thing so it was interesting to but then davin and i if we had been there we would have been fighting with them but we weren't there so it is what it is um but every yeah every monday night going through star trek enterprise we are now into season two uh we just did uh minefield (laughs) that's one no one liked apparently but dead stop is the next one that we'll be talking about season two episode four next monday night that will be uh on june uh, 20th and then uh thursdays we're off we're talking about whatever is new on star trek because that's when paramount puts out their newest star trek show right now it's star trek strange new worlds um uh, we are now heading into uh, what's th- this next episode is going to be called uh the serene squall which is uh season one episode seven jeff i know you haven't watched Lo- uh, strange new worlds yet but i nope. think you're really gonna like it when you do everyone seems to ever you guys really give it high praise yeah, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying it. 
Yeah, know? it's good. It's back. It's 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 like old school Star Trek. It's like which is better. So you know, that's the thing when you do Discovery, just give us some of the old stuff and you know, yeah, we'll my, eat that my, up. You know, my so. only like low points is when like Spock starts crying about Michael Burnham and whatever. Wait, 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 wait. what? No, that's barely. He didn't. Anything. He didn't really cry. He just kind of mentions it. Mentions it maybe twice in yeah. six episodes. But he doesn't and, cry. No, but okay. he's like he's clearly sad about it or something. Like it's something's up. So I'm like, oh. I, I, oh my god! Like the scene with her, Michael Burnham and Spock at the end of season two of Discovery, where they say goodbye for what feels like for twenty minutes. Where they like, I'll see you. I love you. I love you. Or whatever the hell they talk. I can't. I, I blocked it out. It's the worst. So. so yeah. I, I don't need that ever again. I don't need those two characters to ever interact again. But if, all things considered, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, every Thursday we're covering the newest episodes, uh, as we did with Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek um, Prodigy and all the new ones that have been coming out uh, for some time now. And Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, uh, presumably on the horizon as well. Coming up. Uh, so wait. seems like there's always a new Star Trek episode coming out. Check that out Thursdays here on Live Long and Podcast. Plus, check out our other channels like Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. Uh, nothing too active going on at the moment, but um, you know, we have some things on the horizons. Big Brother. Uh, we have some Marvel podcasts we need to do. We have some a bunch of podcasts we have to do. Uh, but uh, check out Big Brother uh, USA 24 coming up. We just finished up Survivor 42 and Big Brother uh, 23 before that. It's Celebrity Big Brother 3 before that. Uh, so lots of different reality shows, scripted and unscripted, um, w- w- that we talk about over on that channel. And then Trivial Debates is our other channel where we talk about, uh, we argue about movies, TV, sports, game show format. Uh, we haven't done one in a couple months, but we'll be uh, setting up another edition soon as we continue this third season. Uh, anything I missed? Uh, check out our friends' podcasts, like uh, Aim and Mater's got. Let's talk about fighting games with um, Super Smash Bros. Seth. It's, it's well, Sam Jerka and Paranoia. Sam Jerka, yes, of course. And don't forget about uh, the the Hellbound podcast with Michael Chan and Alex Blackburn. Uh, that's on Wednesdays as well. If you like horror, check that one out. Yep. And uh, of course, Davin Skillhorn. He's got Locutors of Trek, his Star Trek themed channel. As well as, um, and they do all kinds of fun things over there. You should definitely check them out. As well as uh, X-Men, the animated series rewatch, uh, similar to what we do here on D-Space 99-ish, but with X-Men, the animated series. Uh, he does with Andre every Tuesday. So uh, I think those are all the, the big plugs. Check those things out, and, uh, and thanks for being with us tonight. And uh, on that note... <laughs> um, I need uh, I need some kind of a, of a give us a Ducat. Okay. Give us something to Ducat. Okay, uh, Ducat's going out here. Uh, well, I know. Do you want something from this episode or just yes, from this episode? Okay, oh, give me a second. Uh, Ducat, Ducat. Okay, uh, I know what I want. I want. Cardassia will be made whole. <laughs> All that we have lost will be ours again and anyone who stands in our way will be destroyed (laughs) oh thank you